You're listening to the Fire in a Hole podcast with Richard and Jason, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and a cast. If you want to keep the show free and help us keep the lights on, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you have ideas for the show, we'd like to come on the show, uh, don't hesitate to drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Today we have the man, the legend, Eric Jean on the podcast, and we talk about mobile games, extreme Russian reality murder shows, uh, the ethics of hunting, uh, the post-Trump effect, uh, and empathy. Uh, we discuss a little bit about humans' capacity for empathy and whether empathy is always useful. All that and more, so much more, on Fire in the Hole with Eric Jean. Hunting to me is feeding that instinct that I think is bred into everyone back from the beginning of time. There's such a deep connection felt between a hunter while they're in the woods. They basically give you a, a extra access. They give you some extra stuff. So I did. But you buy, never paid like nine ninety nine for twelve new characters. No, I did pay at some point nine ninety nine specifically to unblock the premium status. Like the the. So I, I didn't do it because I was like hungry for points. I just kind of went. Wait a second. I can spend ten dollars on this, make my game better. And if I don't like it, I've only lost ten bucks. I'm like that sounds like a pretty good deal. And so I did that and said, huh, oh, you know, I actually kind of like this game. Maybe I'll subscribe. Yeah. Well, this, this, this like nickel and diming us for games is, I saw that, I think I opened my eyes to the true horror, <laughs> the, the horror, tr- the horror, the horror, the true horror to it of the whole thing. When out of just perverse curiosity, I was like, how far does the rabbit hole go? Like, what is the yeah. sickest, most demented upgrade I can buy on a goddamn mobile game? And I'm just like scrolling down the the upgradables, and it's like a hundred dollar. Oh, dude, dude! I've spoken, I've spoken to these people because you can get it built through your cell phone company. Oh no! So I've spoken to these people who were like, my son has you know bought like thankfully Google Play and a lot of these like they block at like a hundred bucks or something the maximum you can spend in like a but hundred bucks. Yeah, for a goddamn like bejeweled. I know. Candy Crush hundred dollar upgrade. On a mobile phone? I know, dude. I paid like like Rochelle bought me, you know, Skyrim last year for like twelve bucks, uh-huh. and I was like, yeah. And like my brother wanted it, and my nephew, and I was like, I'm gonna get it for them because it's on sale. And I'm like, twenty bucks? Like this right is on. a ripoff. Even though I've played like three hundred hours of it, and of like really like twenty dollars is a crazy good value for all the DLCs, the whole bit. Yeah. Right. It's like the game get of that. the year edition. Yeah, you can get the, well now they they I got a free version of the uh, the enhanced version because i happen to own all three through steam the okay. the, the enhanced is like remastered or yeah although with mods and stuff like it's whatever it, the same it looks, fucking game. no like the skyboxes are a little nicer some of the graphics are, are nicer i think Which they already some of the glitches sick. yeah yeah and like it's but it's a good uh 
Like it was totally a good value, but like it's so I don't understand these people who drop a hundred bucks for a game like that because I have a hard time dropping ten bucks on a game that I right. play like you know, I don't know, ten hours a week on. <laughs> I do <laughs> math. I literally I take up a pad of paper and I'm like, All right, let's see. Um how much is this supposed weapon pack? How much pl- how many pluses is this gonna it, give my character? But here's what really, I also it's think. gonna increase my powers. Okay, that's gonna be good for level one and six. No. Like I for nine bucks I do this. Here's, this kind here's of some here's some exercise. new math. With taxes, twelve dollars for a case of these. Uh-huh. But we agonize over twelve dollar purchases <laughs> for stuff online. Well, because we're buying air. But yeah, but you know, you know, but you you should be thinking about buying value, right? Like the value of this is uh-huh. I'm going to drink them all, and there will be none left at <laughs> the end of the night. I can confirm we right? will drink fat yeah. drinkable. So there'll be none left at the end of the Correct. day, right? And you will be a little drunk. And I'll be a little drunk, but eh, it's not really the goal. I just uh-huh. you know I like it. But if I spend twelve dollars on a game and play 50 hours of that game i've gotten way more value off that 12 bucks even though i've bought air yeah i guess if you look at it that way certainly i think you you, what you have to do is you have to start to you just have to look at your your weakness (laughs) you just have to explore it a little bit yeah like you don't have to either give into it or like become puritanical i'm like i shall never fall for the man's like like budget it man just either budget it or just honestly take a look at your shit and go, okay, I will fall for the nine ninety nine weapon upgrade for my, I don't know, Mass Effect or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll get some new weapons and some... I will not fall for the nine ninety nine uh, pack of skins for a Batman game where I get to run around in a dark dystopian future looking like the cartoon version of batman like you can mm. shove that one up your ass yeah right it's like like the star wars game is pretty interesting because you know this you, is which one the uh knights of the old uh, no not the uh, star wars the old republic the oh, one the that, that you republic, yeah. that you played briefly the they have this in-game economy these cartel coins right and these coins, Cartel coins yeah. yeah, they can legit, you know, they can be used to purchase basically cosmetic stuff. They don't really have, that's not generally tied to stuff to make your character better because they realize that'll just be kind of a pay to win system. So they're like, we, we don't do that. You can play the game for free. It's all good. To get these points, there are two ways to get them. You can, you can, you can get them by just subscribing and at which point they give you like 500 of these a month just from being a subscriber or you can buy them and like a thousand points is like 10 bucks or whatever rough rough translation mm-hmm. but they sell these things that are like 6000 points and I'm like dude if I play for a whole year and use none of my points I can buy this one $6000 thing that that economy is weird it's very and I don't understand these people who spend like shit tons of money buying these things like oh great you have an armor that makes you look like the second guard from the right on this level yeah. or whatever and you're like this and because they, they have a you know an in-game uh, auction house right so you can yeah. trade with people and just use the they have economies yeah yeah use the currency that you get in game that costs you nothing except for your time i guess but the yeah that's not worth anything <laughs> no but i mean you're playing the game we have anyways. infinite amounts of that you're like you're playing anyways, time's not, do that. time is not money nope. but anyways yeah, i don't understand these people who drop like 100 bucks a month dude the ultimate i think the first time i really gawked at like i'm like really someone paid for this i was playing some some bullshit not bullshit some 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 war game some mm-hmm. first person shooter and one of the available upgrades that was uh unreasonably expensive was the ability to simply make all of your weapons gold plated with cannabis leaves on them. <laughs> <laughs> and 
every time I'm like, this is some bullshit. No one's going to pay for it. I'm like, wait, no. If it's here, there's people buying it. Yeah. Probably. If, it, if no one's mm-hmm. buying it, it's not here. Hmm. Yeah. Are these Christmas or lights? Or it's a test. Yeah. Are these Christmas lights around my neck distracting? A little bit. Okay, I'll turn them off. <laughs> they were they were for the first five minutes, but <laughs> just kind of over it completely. It's a little bit too much. Okay. <laughs> just for those listening, um, Richard has these amazing collars with little Christmas lights on them, and you can turn them on, but it's a little bit too much. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to dis- desist and do Okay, yeah. You are adorable, though. With them. Thank you. Um, online You're games. You're the spirit of Christmas. And yet still hunky. <laughs> I, I can do it all, ladies and gentlemen. I can do it all. Um, yeah. I'm all about gaming, Richard. What has been your experience? You're all about gaming or mobile gaming? Mobile gaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've uh, I haven't I haven't played that many. I'm starting to play some now because of the the VR headset, the the, mm. the Daydream. Sure, sure, sure. So I'm experimenting a little bit with those, but I usually like like puzzle games, stuff like that. Like I'm I, playing this one now called uh, Cube Escape. Cube Escape. Yeah, and it's it's just like you have to escape from these uh, rooms for like and there's all these objects in the room. Are and, there like, cubes? No, there aren't. There aren't that many cubes. <laughs> well, you, uh, I think at, when you get to the end of the of the whole series of puzzles, like the end of the game, then you find these like a black and a white cube, and then you always end like of the that game. shit. You always like that. Like uh, you see, you're a, you're here. You're a cell, and you have to merge with the other cell to make a like atom, and then the atom splits. Here. Like you've always liked that kind of thing with these kind of uh, Steam games. You've always been into that. The Steam games I'm into more of like the the, the couch, couch multiplayer local games. Uh-huh. On mobile, I tend to like the the puzzle stuff. So like this is all like you're in a room and like you have to do this puzzle and you find a paintbrush and then like you go to this painting that doesn't have any any uh, color on it and then you need to figure out to use the paintbrush on the painting. But then there's all these uh-huh. little codes on the on the painting and there's these codes kind of hidden around the room. Uh, with with different colors, like they're on like a, it's on a blue table and like a green uh, carpet or whatever, and then like you have to kind of figure out to put these things together and you oh in, in you, you're way, one of you those know? guys that like uh, loved mist and shit yeah yeah <laughs> right I did like mist yeah. mist and uh, there was this whole genre of of I think it's made a comeback incidentally yeah seventh guest yeah. and there were like and yeah a bunch of those games like, but oh, it's nice like bite sized things that you can do uh, you know for a short period of time. <coughs> I'm not gonna spend like an hour and a half on my phone so know? even when you're having fun yeah. you're you're solving problems yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> no, I like to you know flex the brain muscle a little bit <laughs> right mm-hmm. no because it's interesting because generally when people game it's to do the opposite of whatever it is that they're usually engaged in mm. right so if they're, um, I don't know, if they're doing something mindless and kind of repetitive, then they want something where they can just like, I don't know, go crazy, right? And they won't enjoy. They they want freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Versus, yeah, if you're out there and you're completely without any references all day, that you want something a little bit more structured. I don't know. Maybe this is oversimplifying. I just it's like a form of nourishment. Essentially, like you just kind of to, just going to keep into, going. It's meditation a little bit, no? Yeah, and I mean that's kind of what I do for a living too. It's like I'm a, a, a professional problem solver. So yeah, sometimes, but obviously, like, there are some times where there aren't that many interesting problems to work on, and then you know, no. you, well, it's you also kind supplement. of supplement. It's also kind of nice to have you know low stakes problems. Like yeah. nothing really depends on the success of this particular game's problem if right. I don't 
succeed, then... Just break into some Seamus Heaney. That's uh, okay. If you much, get really stuck, you go to the walkthrough. Yeah. That's it. That's much, what is it? Much depends. So much depends so much upon, upon the red wheelbarrow. Little red William wheelbarrow. Carlos Williams. Williams? I thought it was Heaney. Williams, Carlos Williams. No, no. Seamus Heaney's more... He's newer. All right. I'm, I, I fucked that up. Anyway. Yeah, uh, it's a good, it's a good, I still it's love a good you, man. Series. Thanks. It's a good uh, series of games, the yeah. Cube Escape. I <coughs> recommend it if you're into problem solving. And survival, because I think that's your other s- secret fetish. Mm. <laughs> you love survival <laughs> scenarios. I this do. explains zombies. This mm. explains all of that shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You love a little survival, right? Yeah. It's a little yeah. bit of a, a thing. Yeah, I've always liked the post-apocalyptic stuff. You have a spoon. <laughs> and in five hours... The darkness will come. Right. <laughs> look! Look how look! Look! His eyes just lit up. Yeah. I just said that. I just yeah. came up with that scenario. He's like, "All right, how much? What, I do I, what else? Yeah. I can do this. Just a spoon. Okay. What else? That's a spoon. Okay, I can make that work. Yeah. So you love the colony. Yeah. And, and shit like that. The colony. Oh, Survivor. the the the. I really liked the colony. Yeah. The, that was the. The ill-fated reality, reality show. show. Yeah. Then oh, somebody that died they, on it. It was like in the southern U.S., right? They kind of had them in this isolated area, yeah. and they had to. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, like that. it was really good. It was really good yeah. because they would they would release like a bunch of people, and then they'd have to start figuring out how to survive. And they had all the stuff there. And there was a doctor. There's an engineer. There's, you know, there was a kind of a mix of people. Yeah. So they'd all kind of rise to their you know, opportunity and their education and and whatever. And that, but then. They would get established for a couple of days, and like things would be going okay. And they'd fuck with them. Then they'd fuck with them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they'd release like an extra two, yeah, right. And then they'd go to the front of the gate and like beg to to, to come in, in, like to be part of the community. And like some people were like, "Yeah, we should take them in," and other ones were like, "No, we don't have enough food." And they would hire these these extras to come and uh, be like a to like kidnap them in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. All yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Steal their shit, like yeah. Yeah. So the thing with that was that they weren't the the like marauders weren't allowed to physically touch the contestants, but the contestants didn't know that, right? Okay. So there was the threat of violence, but there was no violence. Okay. Right. Yeah, threats enough usually. So in one circumstance, yeah, but I can see where this is going. I think. Yeah. So in one well, one circumstance, they they. They were all set up. Everything was going. I think they had like a windmill, windmill going. Like they had like water. They had water. Fire. They had power. Like they had like all this stuff. They were pretty. They were pretty, pretty well set, established. But they were limited on food. Okay. And then the marauders come in and they they uh, kidnap one one person, right? This this girl, and says we we want like, I think it was all your food or half of your food to get her back. And then they all have to decide whether they give up the food, the food, or... which wouldn't be enough, right? Yeah. For everybody. If they if they did it in order to get this other person back. And then I think it was like second season during the taping, this is where it, it all went bad. Somebody got scared enough of a marauder and fell down the stairs. Oh, okay. That wasn't that wasn't what I was seeing. I, I was actually expecting yeah. that the death was a marauder. That like because if I don't know right. that, that that threat of violence is just a threat Maybe I whack him across the head with the shovel, right, to defend myself, yeah. and boom! All of a sudden, that poor extra that probably got like 150 bucks to do this shoot <laughs> yeah. is like lying dead on the ground because, and you know, because I didn't know that he wasn't actually going to touch me. That's it. And you know, I can fake it. I can pretend that I'm afraid. It's okay, but right. Yeah. But you get my you get in my business, yeah. then yeah, yeah. But well, it gets, leave it, it gets physical. Leave it to the Russians to. Uh, 
up the stakes. Nice. I don't know if you saw this story today? No. Uh, oh, yes, my friends. There's a, a new thing? <laughs> the Russians nice. are taking it to the next level. Uh, so, um, as they uh, always do. The title is Everything is Allowed Fighting, Alcohol, Murder, Rape, Smoking, Anything. Oh, smoking. I love that it's like murder, <laughs> rape, smoke. Smoking is in there. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> wow. I'll just read you a little bit. These are the rules to a new TV reality show, an ultimate nine-month Siberian survival test, stranded in a remote uh, taiga with bears and wolves in minus 40-degree uh, winter. Uh, the online project screened 24-7 around the world will see 30 male and female contestants <laughs> seek to stay alive in a wilderness populated with bears and wolves. <laughs> Organizers boast everything is allowed, quote-unquote. Including rape, they started with that, and murder. <laughs> what the hell? And man. murder. Would be participants are nevertheless warned. You must understand that the police will come to take you away. <laughs> 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 we, we are on the territory of Russia and obey the laws of Russian Federation. Wow, that's oh, wow. so confusing. Like they're sort Next of like. Next step, they go into like international yeah. waters. Pretty much. I, I guess they're just saying. I guess they're just saying the producers of the show are not going to step in to prevent, let's say, someone being killed, but that you don't know, do you're, it. You're still, yeah, you're still <laughs> yeah. responsible for those actions. Contestants, like, we have it all on tape. <laughs> contestants will be permitted knives. <laughs> wow. Contestants will be permitted knives, but no guns. As if, as if somehow this nuance would somehow make show how organized this right. They will be given a survival training from Russia's elite former GRU Spetsnaz operatives. Yeah, that makes sense. But after That's they, fine. after that, they will be on their own, coping with temperatures ranging from 35 uh, uh, Celsius in high summer to minus 40 Celsius in lower in the depths of the Siberian winter. Oh, so like Montreal, essentially, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Uh, with more con- bears. Yeah. The contest <laughs> called more, yeah, far uh, more bears. The contest is called Game Two, Winter. <laughs> 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 it's 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 like aptly Russian and, and like ambiguous and weird in terms of its name. Yeah. Uh, it's the brainchild of uh, Novosibirsk entrepreneur Evgeny Pietakovsky, who said, "We will refuse any claims of participants, even if they are to be killed or raped." I don't understand what like, that means. Like, please help me. Claims. I'm going to be killed. It's like, sorry, you signed up for this. We will have nothing to do with this. This this will be spelled out in the document to be signed by the participants before the start of the show. I apologize for my stereotypical Russian accent. Yeah, it, all of this seems kind of oddly pointless because if the whole point is just to survive, uh-huh. they're like it's not like they're chaining the participants together and saying like you can't leave until your other guy is dead they're just like you just have to survive this gets better (laughs) are you guys ready for this there will be no filming crew the whole area will be dotted with cameras and each participant will be carrying a portable camera with a seven hour life rechargeable battery unclear as to where they would recharge it contestants must be at least 18 and quote mentally sane (laughs) (laughs) this is amazing (laughs) jokes are real Gene. jokes are real Put these people on the trip to Mars. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, participants can pay 10 million rubles to take part, which is about $165,000. All right. Or face selection by viewers in an online voting session. He believes it will attract rich and risky people craving a new and ultimate challenge. <laughs> I swear to God. They're going to find people. They're, of course they're going to find. Right? They found people who are willing to do the Mars One project. They can find people for anything. <laughs> for anything. Um, 
he warned you should also keep in mind that this will be real forest this will be a real forest uh with dangerous wildlife and harmful insects of harmful insects of course um there will be some safety precautions in place oh oh such as settle down guys they've taken precautions you thought you were you were about to here's some bug spray there are several stations called euthanasia stations <laughs> then when you've taken too much with one bullet yeah so uh of course there will be some safety precautions <laughs> we've just listened to the most horrific description of the premise of a show ever yeah. they're like but wait there's more <laughs> we will remove all the teeth from the bears in the area <laughs> we will eject all of them with syphilis so that no bear rape occurs. Okay. So, of course, there will be some safety precautions, but it would still take about a half an hour to reach the area where the snow will will take place by helicopter. Okay. I guess that someone yeah, I guess if, Google Translate there. Yeah. I guess if someone <laughs> falls through a crevice in the ice or something, like they can go. They're half an hour way. away is the idea. That's the Yeah, but if the whole point is to survive. Anyways, I don't understand the premise of the show, I think. There are safety precautions. However, we're 30 minutes away. So you <laughs> Don't get be able bitten to... <laughs> by that dangerous, venomous spider or whatever. Their exactly. target is to survive until April 1st, and it will be no joke. All participants will have to sign a release for liability of injury and death. <laughs> and I'm guessing rape, which I can't imagine. I want to be in the room with the lawyer that has to come up with that language. Uh, each contestant will be permitted no more than 100 kilograms of equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just get like a hundred kilogram axe. <laughs> I would just get. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's that. That would be hard. Kil- hundred kil- kilograms of ramen. Just, like, just leave <laughs> yeah, me alone. Yeah, exactly. Just set up in a cave. And Canned just... tuna. <laughs> yeah. How much is a hundred kilo- kilograms? It's just an axe. Can it be an axe? It's a hundred kilograms. <laughs> uh, the only weapons they can take will be knives. No guns. It's it's so interesting how they're like insistent. Like we have. We have... Uh, He's true survivalist. He used knife only. <laughs> you yeah, ni- right. Only knife. No guns. This We're is civilized. a game of honor, Gene. <laughs> this is a game of honor. They will not have any any sort of riffraff show up with weapons. Are you allowed bats with like a giant nail through the head? Good question. Uh, probably is not. it under 100 <laughs> kilograms? <laughs> 100 <It> kilograms? <laughs> far less than 100 kilograms. Uh, how many kilograms? <laughs> Each week... Participants may request some item from viewers who will be able to donate money for it via the project's website. Ah, uh-huh. here we go. Donate yes. money to the inmates? I guess. To, to getting the show done, I guess. This is strangely like tying in with our in-app purchases <laughs> <laughs> conversation <laughs> that we just had. Uh, so purchased items then will then be uh, di- uh, delivered to the participants. Oh, okay. So I can be like, Jason's in the show, and uh, I don't know, Jason, f- he's climbing some hill or something, Let's and he loses some parts of his, his equipment. Axe. Yeah, he loses his 100-kilogram <laughs> axe. Yes. And so a bunch of buddies and I get together, and we p- buy him an axe, and then the producers of the show deliver a new 100-pound axe. Right, Jason. pretty much. Yeah, like you can crowdsource <laughs> um, ropes. So, so the most popular. So the your most popular. <laughs> <laughs> Where about you're about to commit multiple multiple rape on so your the most popular. So the most popular contestants are favored to win by virtue of having more gear and more sponsored shit. Yeah, this is yeah. so social, dark. Social media support. Yeah. Uh, producer Nikolai Ginsberg said, "It sounds strange, but on this project, it will be easier to survive." Not for a professional rescuer, but for a simple person. It will be necessary to act intuitively rather than following instructions. Uh, Piet, 
Piatkovsky added, there were some applications from Chinese extreme travelers. He admitted there could be some difficulties for foreigners because of the language barrier. I love how, how nonchalant, this is his thing about the, Russia. The killing, the rape, the, the smoking, none of that's a problem, <laughs> but the language I mean, this is a bit of a, this is a, bit of a, a, a stereotype about Russians and, and some Eastern Bloc people, but it's true. They can mm-hmm. discuss tr- tr- otherwise traumatic or shocking things with uh, like a, a surprising amount of nonchalance. <laughs> like, yes, uh, it will test your metal and you will be tested against the element. You're like... You're proposing a show where people can kill each other and rape each other, and you want to televise this. Yes, well, you know, <laughs> we don't, you know, it's against law. Don't do it, but do it. <laughs> it's essentially what they're saying, right? And Russia's fucked up enough to be like, well, we can't allow it, but let's see what happens. Or I don't know. I, I, I just, in Soviet Russia, guys. <laughs> In Soviet Russia. This is more like in capitalist Russia. Apparently. Where literally yeah. you can say, like, if people are willing to pay for it, and, and we'll put it, we'll make it happen. Like The the jackpot mm. is uh, a million six. On, uh, a, rubles? Yeah, no, like in dollars. Oh, okay. That's what it converts to. And if there are more than survivors, they will share the price. Well, there's incentive. If not, there are more survivors, yeah. so that's, they that's, will share the price. Now I understand where the killing <laughs> comes in. Yeah. This is some soil and green running man shit. Well, no, but, but I didn't understand Dude, before because yeah. I was just Hunger like, Games. the point it's was totally just Hunger Games. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't get it before. I was like, the point is just to survive. I'm like, I, there should be many survivors. There's no reason for them to go after one another. But, but I, if I guess I let the, you live. Yeah. Or I if I share my prize money yeah, with if you. I, or, you know, if I just, I guess the tactic is to try to get people to 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 quit right like you still yeah shit. that's you, what they're promising you, is like the second you're not into it they'll evacue also the only way out is not death the only way <laughs> you get Pretty another much. way out but you know what this means this means only the most psychotic like like survivalist fucking nutbags are gonna yeah go you're gonna there. get a whole bunch of really crazy bear grills <laughs> like they've been waiting for this moment right yeah. they've been waiting for this moment so why are they saying that the average joe would have an advantage yeah, that I don't understand that either. Yeah, I think just that's trying to trick people. I think that's one of those like, uh, or people have more empathy for the ones who are completely unprepared for the experience. I guess a trained survivalist isn't likely to want to kill the twenty nine other people. <laughs> this, it just this just sounds like uh, I don't know. He just digs a hole and hides until the end. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> I know exactly what to do here. It sounds like an infomercial line. Like you may think that you need several years of experience to successfully complete our program, but you're wrong. Here's a little Timmy, little Timmy. I just came into the project, and with six weeks, I was ready to be an entrepreneur. Like it seems like it's one of those because they don't want to hurt any. Uh, they don't want to shut out any contestants. Right. The more suckers they can get in on this, the better. Yeah, but I it's guess. like it's like it's going to be. It would be like any other reality show where it's not. I mean, it's casting, right? Like you you pick people, a mix of people that are not necessarily the best qualified or the most likely to do well. You pick a mix of people that is going to have natural conflict within it so that you have things to show on TV, right? Like, because if you really wanted to have, like, like Big Brother is kind of a like big example. Like, if you wanted to really have, you you could have a plenty of contestants that are just kind of, we get along with one another. We're not petty. We're not, but that's no fun. You need people who are nuts. Who And, and these people get, that's why a lot of these, um, even competition shows, the final who gets to go home is often decided by 
a judge or a panel because they want last say on do we keep the crazy one more week right like even these cooking shows yeah it's that, true. like where like they want you need a bit of edge to like yeah that some of them rely on the drama between the competitors uh you know like hell's kitchen or whatever like that's a perfect example uh-huh. where they want to keep that mix volatile Otherwise, they would just get rid of the volatile people right off the sure, bat, and you'd sure. end up with a more serene kind of... Well, I guess the closest yeah. we've seen to this uh, in North America is like, uh, I think you were telling me about some show where they were having people race like up a river in the Amazon somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was called... I think it was called Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing, yeah. Oh, man, that was a good show. So there's probably... The people who made it to the end there were probably like some hardcore people that would otherwise be somewhat out of place in a well there was very little drama relatively speaking between the contestants i mean there was some and there would be some frustration if you've been on a you know three-week hike through the amazon or something like yeah you someone can get on your nerves but the 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 attraction of the show wasn't that pettiness it really was like okay Race down this river. A race. Okay, who's going to beat the Mongolian wrestlers? Like, and and it was really interesting from that point of view. Um, but uh, yeah, so like, and the, there's a baking show that I watch. Which have I told you about the Great British Bake Off? I've I think you've told me about it. Yes, <laughs> the and Great British I, Bake Off. I remember it because you watch very few shows. So when you when you're like, I watch the show. I'm like, this is tele- television Prozac. All right, there's <laughs> television Prozac. Yeah, there is absolutely it's Candy Crush reality show. Oh yeah, th- there is absolutely nothing negative about this show. Oh, it's that's amazing. Like, there's no. It, it's a, it's a, a you know an August afternoon in the countryside is exactly the the feel because some of the things that they do is baking isn't like uh, cooking right like if I if you tell somebody like make improvise a pasta or something like you can kind of work out details but baking doesn't really work the same way right you kind of have to have a plan you 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 know you have to you can't just kind of improvise on the go because it doesn't really work that way. Um, and so they always give them an idea of what their challenge is going to be. And then they go home and they spend the week and then they come to this like like this giant field on this estate in you know in England somewhere. And they like bake for two days. But they not, there's no like none of the contestants hate each other. There's okay. no shit talking. It's just like, hey, it's wow, like that was a really good TV. Yeah, that was like a really good cake. <laughs> and you're like, and you know, at the end of it, like somebody who makes the best cakes and pastries or whatever wins some lame ass trophy and some totally pointless honor. There's like no money on the line. Okay. It's just like, hey, I won the great British bake off. Yeah. That's nice. There's no money. Good for you. Exactly. Good for you. And that's the that's the feel of the show. Just like good for you. Here's a participation medal. Yeah. So for la- you. last last Christmas, Rochelle and I just but did basically you have fun doing it. <laughs> well, yeah. seeing as how the rest of television and news has become like nega TV, has become wholesale death, destruction, and misery. Yeah. I see how this is a natural evolution of, of like we need some antidote. Yeah. We need uh, just some pure like. <laughs> yeah. Everything is fine. <laughs> like, right? Like that. That you know, postman from uh, you know, Northamptonshire on the lake or whatever. <laughs> like, makes a mean hello. Yeah, makes a mean scone. Or whatever. I like souffles. Yeah. And like, here we go. Let's make Yorkshire some sh- pudding. Yorkshire yeah. pudding. Spotted dick. <laughs> I think and I had so to forth. Make it once. 
Spotted dick? Yeah, they have a challenge. They're raisins, like, right? Spotted dick? It's raisins? Yeah, yeah it's just okay. like a, a rolled up. I think it's just like a rolled up pastry. With some yeah, pastry. not known for cooking, England, particularly. No. Uh, not known for cooking, but uh, the pastries apparently are. Well, it's like they're they, catching up. Yeah. They're catching up. Yeah, yeah and they're like uh, puddings and stuff. Like that's the the national thing that they don't really have anywhere else, right? These kind of. Yeah, but again, there's wet, that. soggy cakes. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay's on the case. Is he? Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Paul yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. What? He's one of the judges. He's this like Paul Hollywood. Baker. His name is Paul Hollywood. Yeah. Can we nice. take some of these people and put them in the Siberian? Sorry, game two. <laughs> game two. Semi winter. Uh, colon winter. <laughs> what was game one? Uh, that's my question. <laughs> they all died. They all died. <laughs> they all raped each other. That's died. super freaky. Now that you say it, it makes me realize. Like, wait, why two? Where was the one? <laughs> did they tell? Did, no one knows about the one. <laughs> they raped each other to death. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! It ends in a caterpillar. You know who must be loving this? And then we're eaten by bears. Uh, Joe Rogan's probably really excited. If he knows about this, he's probably really excited about this show. You should let him know. Uh, he he's like funneling his bow <laughs> and his elk fucking's backstrap. He's ready to join. <laughs> he's ready to join yeah. because uh, I feel like that's something you guys have in common. Is he, he has that survivalist uh, fetish thing going uh-huh. on too? But I I think you draw the line at actually going and blasting like deer in the head with compound bows. I would do it. You'd yeah, do it? Yeah. I, would, yeah. I would do it. Really? Absolutely. See, I can't. I would, I I would mean, go hunting in a I second. I wouldn't do it in industrial quantities. Like, right. you get your one deer a season and you eat the whole thing. Really? You don't do waste it? any. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Really? Wow. I mean, the only thing, the only reason I don't is because I don't have a freezer. And it, like, wow. you, you need a big freezer. Yeah. Man, it's lucky deer. <laughs> well, you're like, uh, whoo! <laughs> <laughs> just dodge that one. Just get to uh, just to talk to Michelle. Yeah, we don't have that much freezer space, but she'll she can butcher it up for you. I mean, I'm no portion it off. To I people. think you need like one of the like a, a larger freezer in order. Yeah, to I mean, unless unless you're gonna just size. kind of right away like portion it up. Yeah, to the people who can. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, that's by no means a, a animal activist or anything like that. Like I'm not a tree hugger type. Certainly, I care about the environment and stuff like that. It's not that. That's what I, I just I couldn't. I couldn't fucking kill an animal. I couldn't do it. I'd feel better about eating an animal that I killed myself. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't have to, though. You don't have to, but I, I would feel better about it. I would feel like, I mean, to me, it's a lot more ethical because that mm-hmm. animal was free. That animal was free and doing its own thing, had a life and everything. Wasn't until you ended it. Until I ended abruptly. it. Yeah, but until I that? ended it and and then I made full use of the of the yeah. of the meat and like and the and the body. As opposed to the hamburger that you ate, which is a cow born exclusively to become food yes. for you. Okay, fair like enough. Fair grew enough. up in a like grew up in a box. But let's yeah. let's let's explore that. Uh, this is a what's called a, a false correlation or false equivalency. I don't think it is, but please. I don't continue. think. I, also I don't think but butcher continue. shop. Good, good. The <laughs> the beards, the beards against the the thinner the beard beard. nuts. <laughs> the beard nuts. I don't think that shooting a deer in the face with an arrow is the opposite of eating processed meat necessarily. Um, I think in comparison, of course, anything's better. <laughs> Taking a rock and braining a fucking uh, a deer baby as it's drinking from the from the from the lake is more humane than those like mechanical chop shops. Agreed. Right. Having said that, 
there is a middle ground now. Like you don't just have the choice between the butcher, processed um, yeah, cruelty somebody, and hunting. Somebody is killing that animal. There's no escaping yeah. that somebody is killing that animal. I'm just trying, I'm pushing your thing. I'm saying, saying, I want you guys to tell me if there's more to this wanting to hunt a deer than just I don't know. this like Native American. I don't know if I would freeze or not. I don't. I'd, I'd like to think that, yeah, okay, it's no big thing. And I do it and I accept that, yeah, somebody's got to kill this animal in order for people to eat it. I don't know that when confronted with this cute little Bambi in the woods that I wouldn't suddenly just go, uh, yeah, let's go to McDonald's, right? Like, I don't, I don't know that I wouldn't necessarily lose my resolve. But I do think that it is, if you are going to eat meat, you don't necessarily have to kill every animal that you're going to eat, but that if you are somehow opposed or unwilling to at least entertain the notion that you may need to kill the thing yourself then I think that you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say that maybe you know it's easy to kind of forget that somebody else is doing that job. Sure. No, when it comes to need, no question. Like need is a whole other conversation. But I'm saying now being now in a situation where you have the choice to never have to do that, is it still something that you would like to go do? Well, is it, is it more ethical that someone else kill the animal? Or are you just trying to spare yourself the, the, yeah. that task? Or is this even a question about ethics? Because I don't think it no, is. No, I'm, I'm just saying, like, is it is it really about this honor honorable... I'm not trying to paint you guys as assholes. <laughs> just, yeah. That's not my goal here. No, <laughs> I'm just trying to get to the bottom of this because um, I, I'm thinking, yes, there is something kind of mystical and primal about the idea of killing the, the, what you eat. And being able to kind of return to the the old days or return to what we were, I guess. But if it doesn't really make sense in the con, like you can get grass fed, humanely raised meat, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, animals. <laughs> it's meat. it's very difficult, but you can. Yeah. It is so possible. It now. is possible. So that's what I'm doing now. Like, I'm, but is that I'm reduced grass fed to... beef that comes from a particular farm in Alberta and like the grain-fed chicken they that, read them that Shakespeare. had a chance yeah. to, to run around. <laughs> Nobody reads their beef Shakespeare. Moo, moo, I eat moo. Uh, farm, farm fresh uh, eggs yes. and, and all, Humanely, like all this stuff. Humanely, no antibiotics, etc. Right. Well, these are from like local local farms. Right? But it's, you not, it's not like this big torture machine which full I don't, of like, like Matrix style. I don't know anybody that condones that shit. Like mo- most people just don't want to think about it, but anyone confronted with it, is 100% in agreement with you because I I, I think I may know the answer but growing up did you know anyone who hunted and fished regularly um growing up I think I met the odd like parent of a for instance a girl that I dated that did that okay I didn't have a problem with the hunting I don't have a problem with hunting like I'm not I wouldn't I know you don't have a moral issue with it but I'm just wondering what's at the root of it well I don't my my father would go like he wouldn't go all the time, but he'd, he's been a bunch of times when, when we were younger. He'd go deep sea fishing um, and, you know, not catch like little 12 inch fish, but like, you know, like shark or whatever. Yeah, which is hunting. It's yeah. Like a, a, but that, that's a my non-violent. Point, is that I kind of grew up with yeah. the idea that like it's not only OK to do this, that you, in fact, get a better product. Like even if you're just interested in the meat that you're eating. 
you're just going to get better deer. Because I'm not, I don't say that I would want to do it because I've got this idea of like this weird noble savage idea of like going back to some primitive thing. Eating I'm like, the heart of the no, deer. I know full well that 90% of my, over 90% of my consumption of all foods is going to be food generated by another human being with their farm apparatus and you can talk about whether you know grass-fed or not the point is is i know i'm not going to subsist off of hunting right but i kind of feel like morally it's something that you should be able to do or entertain if you're just kind of indiscriminately going to eat like i'm going to eat as much beef as i want you're like okay have you taken the life of an animal right like that's kind of like okay you you have done it okay and you didn't allow it to go to waste and whatever like okay good good on that's the part that i have trouble with like I, I'm with you. I feel like I did a noble thing, or not a noble thing, but I feel it it's, makes it right if you use the animal uh, in... <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't, I'm still thinking about Game 2 Winter. But <laughs> it's related. It's related. <laughs> it's related somehow. But uh, yeah, I understand. Like, you know, you killed the animal, but you used almost as much of it as you could, and yeah. you ate it, blah, blah, blah. But does, is that just really to make ourselves feel better? I mean... If you pop it in the head and leave it there to rot, right. yeah, it seems like a waste. But how are you really morally superior because you ate it? I'm and not. You, you I'm morally. It up? I'm not morally superior. I'm morally consistent. Is more the idea. It's not that I look down on someone who's like, oh, well, I could never do it. I just kind of think that, like, if you are to be morally like consistent, you have to kind of be willing to go. I would be willing to do it. I, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think it's anything beyond that. To me, anyways, it's it's nothing beyond mm. that. And, and you know, in terms of the luxury of it, or that you don't need to do it, well, we don't need to build soccer fields. We could use that space sure. for other things. Yeah, and we could we, go down. That you know, there is an line. aspect of just okay. We live in a you know first world society where we have leisure time and we have the taiga in Siberia. Well, <laughs> or you know, we live in Quebec, which is a pretty good place as it turns out if you like to hunt as opposed to you know manhattan like you just it's it's something that's accessible to us sure. if we want to do it as a and there's a yeah. lot of deer you know yeah. like if you don't if See, you don't again i find that's an interesting if you don't comment. kill the deer okay. there's nothing else killing the deer yeah well there's exactly. a lot of humans too by but you can that's make that seed argument that but like go, why not just kill you arm the deer <laughs> <laughs> but going back to your question of whether you're better like morally like if you're on a like a higher ground morally, if you kill the deer and eat the deer as opposed to kill the deer and just leave it to rot, like I I, I think that that is yeah <laughs> that is immoral in, in 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 my in my view. Like it's the same thing when I go fishing. When I go fishing, I only fish and if I'm going to eat the fish, right? Like if I don't have time or i've got to get on a plane or something i'm just gonna go fishing and then like well there's people that just throw th it back in well that's the thing right so i'll be fishing next to this dude and he just has these fish dying in a bucket that he has no intention of eating whereas i have the all the fish that i'm taking out i'm gonna that's yeah. my dinner yeah you know like i i have a problem with that dude yeah right and right. a lot of them don't throw them back and even mm -hmm. if they do throw them back you're just a bit of a dick right like <laughs> yeah you're kind of you're, somebody the other thing like too you're is causing the this uh you know yeah. uh, pain to the to the fish just to like yeah. lob him back into the well, ocean and, you know? and and in some cases i'm sure he's and, okay with you throwing him back though 
No, but in, in some cases, point, yeah, I mean, I mean, ideally, you're hooking the fish like essentially through its lip, right? Yeah. But sometimes that hook gets buried in its head, or like yeah. it, or you can yank it, yeah. And like, there's no releasing at that point. People will put the fish back as and kind of like whistle and walk away as if like see, nothing is happening. <laughs> ah, return to nature. But, like, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm as I'm, it floats to the surface. I'm the but I'm I'm the same way. And and when I used to go fishing with my dad as a kid, it was like you were fishing to eat this stuff. You're not just you're not fishing to get some weird human power trip of like man v nature. You're just like, no, like yeah. we're going to go, we're going to catch some fish and we're going to bring it home and we're going to have it for dinner and it's going to be awesome. And we're going to spend some time together and it's great. Right. right. Like I feel bad if I don't eat all of it. Right. Like yeah. if, if uh, really? ra- wrap it up for the next day and then something else happens and it, like it goes bad in the fridge. Like I, I feel bad. You feel bad, but you understand that's I took like a, a life for nothing. You know? But you feel that you see that's like sort of a story. That's a narrative. Like in the end, it doesn't really matter whether it ends up in your poop or if it ends up, uh, for uh, you know, fermenting the not fermenting, but rather uh, fertilizing the ground that it it died on. You know, right? At the end of the day, it's it, you made up the nobility and the this is right it's and not, this is wrong of well, it's it. It's not even a nobility. The fucking animal's it's just, dead. Just, I mean, one's a form of cruelty and the other one is like a reality of life. Sure, but and is whether it I less go and cruel, buy that fish, it's no less cruel to the to the deer. No, I think it is less cruel. When it's dying with that arrow in its head, it's not like, ah, it's Richard. He's going to use every part of me. Well, if you have... This was worth I mean, it. Yeah, if but, you have two you have two <laughs> options, right? Like you go to the grocery store. Yes. And you buy some beef. And that beef... What was the quality of life of that beef? Yeah, right? none. Like none. Or horror. You might yeah. as well be like growing it in a Petri dish. Yeah. Like just, it's just pure suffering and illness and sickness. So... Yeah. From like a, an ethical standpoint, and also from the quality of the food that you're taking into your body, it is not even comparable to the to the correct. Other In one, that right? sense, there's so no the argument. Deer had the deer had its life; it it roamed free. It happened to to walk through my crosshairs. I took about, and that was it. Like lights out, but I end up having like a much a better quality of food than a factory farmed something and it had a much better life than had it been grown in, in a like a test tube yes but you stopped that life though i and did it, stop that life because it's a reality of life that life eats life pretty much right but uh, see i guess what i'm saying is so is, i should reserve my my consumption of life to like the vegetable matter or, no, or to I think the, what the I'm beef saying, that's been grown in a box and tortured its entire no, life. No, no, no. Like, is that somehow more Let's moral? Let's be clear. I'm, I'm not about after morality here. What I'm trying to say is, you kind of are though. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Because I don't think there's a moral way out of this, right? There's mm-hmm. no moral way out of this. It's the same way as I was talking to someone about um, equality between men and women in the workplace in terms of like promotions and opportunities. And I was like, really, if you crunch the numbers, at the end of the day, the only way to make the sequel is by figuring out a way to make men pregnant. <laughs> and that's the only answer, right? <laughs> so there's no, there's no answer They're I'm looking for it. here. Sorry? They're working on it. I'm sure they are. Somebody's yeah. working on it. Um, we can get into that in a second. Now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm not looking for either to box you in so I can like, ha-ha, you see, there it is. That's not what I'm doing. I'm certainly not suggesting there is uh, a clear-cut answer to this. What I'm saying is, is I think we're fooling ourselves a little bit with this narr- this Native American uh, type of um, uh, sort of uh, noble idea of like, well, 
uh, the great animal would fall to my blade, but I would oh, honor okay. it by eating all the pieces. No, no, no. There's no, there's no mysticism in this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not praying to the great spirit. No, that, but you're like, sort I've of feeling. You feel good about this yourself. This is only an issue because, as a as a culture, as a species, we have found a way mm-hmm. to uh, to to farm our food. We don't have to forage for it. We don't have to hunt for it quote-unquote, and because of this, we've established a norm where your average person never actually comes into contact in a meaningful way with the source of their food. If you remove that process, like agriculture, whatever, all of that stuff, there is, in fact, no other choice but to go out and catch your dinner. Now, you can make a choice to eat nuts and fruit and to scavenge off of carcasses or whatever, as some people suspect early humans may have done. But at some point, Fred's going to wake up in the morning and go, holy crap, if I sharpen this stick and stab a deer with it, I've got lunch for a month rather than picking off the bones off of whatever this, like, plains cat yeah. left behind. I mean, if we remove, like, like deer out of the equation and we just look at this as, like, I'm going to grow my own tomato, right? Yeah. I understand the parallels there. Like, you're like, you grow it, you nurture it, you pick it, you cut it up, you eat it, and you're like, fuck, this is a good tomato, and I feel a sense of accomplishment and harmony with nature. I took from it. It will eventually absorb me as, as, sound check. It will eventually <laughs> absorb me as Snow fertilizer. Move your car. Snow check. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I get that sort of like harmony with nature stuff. I get it, but I don't think it makes a difference to the fucking deer. <laughs> no, what I'm saying. No, I don't think. No, I don't. And we're fooling ourselves if we think the, the deer the feels any better about no, it. The deer's dead. It's dead. The the deer, whatever. It it it. Either doesn't care or is in no position. Too loud. This, sorry, go ahead. Or is, it, no, or is in no position to care. <laughs> yeah, but the, and this isn't about the deer. Shut the fuck! <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really just about. It's the siren. Game two has begun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, like and to me, like I said, it's not this grandiose dream of some like, you know, harmony with nature. It's just like if you're going to eat meat, but you aren't willing to kill the source of meat at least once in your life, or if you're not even willing to kind of entertain that idea as like somehow significant, I'm like, I that's what yeah. I don't understand. No, I buy the I buy the like I wanna the idea of knowing exactly what you're eating and you, you kind of working for it, all that stuff it's makes a like lot more own, sense. It's like own your shit at the same time too, right? A little like, bit. Yeah. Like there's there's this separation as Gene was saying, like between the act of, of killing and the act of eating meat, right? Which yeah. was always very closely tied because you had to kill in order to eat. But we've yeah. created that separation. And, you know, like the morality of eating meat as in general is kind of sort yeah. of a question, you know, it's a, like it's a personal yeah, decision yeah. for everybody. But the fact that we've, we've created this separation where you never have to get your hands dirty in order to have a hamburger means that, like, you don't really... F- understand the ramifications of your, of right. your actions okay. even the but question even, that we have different names for animals once yeah. they become meat right like you're not eating a cow burger this is beef you're distancing yourself right it. it's yeah. not chicken actually French chicken's names. the only one that we keep chicken's like ah fuck chickens fuck who chicken. gives a shit we'll keep it calling it a chicken <laughs> honestly but guys like a pig, chickens fuck chickens <laughs> but a pig hey it's fucking <laughs> fuck mini chickens. dinosaur it's got no soul it's got no sense. So, <laughs> fish <laughs> is fish is fish too. Like we have, we don't give yeah. a shit about that. But yeah. pork, but pork, like a pig becomes pork. Right. Yeah. Right. Like we need to 
further create that distance. But it's, it's actually know? even more, like, it's interesting, too, because, well, Rochelle, as you know, is, like, a trained butcher, but she doesn't actually have anything to do with the killing. So even though she gets the carcass in front of her and breaks it down into bits, there's still a separation between the person who kills the animal and the person who breaks it down to turn, you know, cow into beef. Like, right. Like and and even like she's she's never done it herself, but she has gone to the slaughterhouse and to see like because it was for her it was the same she had kind of similar argument to me. She was like, if I'm going to be working with this pig and turning it into food for people, I want to not be the hypocritical butcher who isn't willing to at least see the animal's life be snuffed out. Like I don't want to do it every weekend, but I should be able to see it and live through it and hear the agony and realize like or you know and see how we try to make these things humane for instance right like because it's not it's not like they walk in there and they throw the cows into the what looks like a you know a car wash with blades like they there's a process by which they try to stun the animal and then you know kill it so that it, it depends it on, the, right on the farm I absolutely some agree factory farms absolutely the agree. blade thing is actually yeah pretty no I, I absolutely agree <laughs> but uh but certainly the meat it's like something she, saw <laughs> yeah but certainly the meat that she wants to work with is you know at, at the very least you're like if you are going to take the life of an animal then it should be either on a you know in the wild or it should be if you're going to raise them then you should at least make it as painless as possible and make sure that they have had the best life that you can give them. Um, and, yeah. you know, like you said, the, the issue of eating meat or not is that's that's another debate. But if you are going to do it... But if you go get, like, the discount, like, pork at the grocery store, that wasn't done in a humane way. Right? Not necessarily, so yeah. In the same way that I w- would do, like, the hunting thing, because I feel like it's, it's humane, I would participate in some of these uh, smaller farms that don't have these, like, yeah blade rooms of death and like you know like just like a giant torture machine (laughs) uh i'd prefer to to get it from like a like an ethical place but you know most people don't do that because it 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 costs more and honestly it it doesn't there there is that such a such a a gap right there's that divide between consuming the the food and the 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 life of that animal so i think there's also a dark reality behind it and that's that humanely we would not all eat no, absolutely, and right. I will never, I it's will never true, judge. Yeah. I'll never judge someone who, uh, you know, like does all their shopping at Super C or whatever. They have three kids, and like, listen, you you buy what you can afford, and absolutely, I I understand that we've created a uh, a menu as a culture that requires certain ingredients for the vast majority of people. That yeah, if you're not doing it this way, a lot of people are either not going to eat or they're going to eat very very differently. And you know, I mean, obviously. You can't necessarily expect a, a single-income family to constantly be able to support a local farm when, you know, let's say it's 40% more expensive. You're like, well, maybe with 40% more expensive, like, the kids don't get clothing or whatever, right? Like, at some point, you kind of have no to— There's no kids. Half, no, of the, well, half of the population dies tomorrow. No, exactly. You I mean, at some but, point, you have to accept that 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 being able to be ethical about your food, at least in, in our, like, the first world, is in a lot of ways a luxury. It it is a fact of life if you if you live in a third world country where you're living like subsistence farming or something where you're like well I eat the animals that I can get and I eat the vegetables that I can grow and there's no moral dilemma because you're just like I need to eat this is what's available but right. when you live in a society where you literally you you choose every day what you're going to eat 
you know, eating takes on a moral dimension that it just doesn't have. Like, I think a lot of world. people would be vegetarian if they were exposed to some of the atrocities of the factory yeah. farming stuff, right? So to be part of, or at least, you know, to expose yourself to that, so. that part of the uh, journey of, of, of your food, I think would have a, an impact on the decisions of, you know, what people, yeah. what people eat. Sure. Although that information has been out there for a long time. It, and we avoid it very effectively. Yeah, yeah but we, it's also we do. But I mean, like when the third world that you were talking about, yeah. where people kind of eat uh, farm to table, as it were. Well, they, they eat what they can get their hands what on. What they can get their hands on, right. And they kill uh, it themselves. They have to kill yeah. it themselves. So they have, they fully appreciate yeah. what's going on. But the, the other thing, too, is that like with the vegetarian diet or something like that, is that it, it a lot of it has to do, too, with the, the sort of infrastructure of food, right? Like it, it is not easy. It's easier than it has been, but it's not necessarily easy for someone who lives a busy life, who sometimes has to eat away from home and stuff to to eat healthy vegetarian, right? Like you, where you are sure that you are meeting all of your dietary needs and eating in a healthy way, because it just it just isn't that accessible all the time. And so sometimes it's not even it's like you want to make these choices. But it, they are difficult because of the situations that you find yourself in, or like, or like, okay, great, I didn't have a chance to pack a lunch, and the four restaurants that are near my work are, you know, Harvey's and McDonald's, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, what? I get a, a a salad, and then I don't eat well in another way because I like, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's why I stopped being vegetarian. Was like, I, I just didn't have the time. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm just, I just wonder about the motivation behind a lot of, like, I think a lot of hunters, I think. I wager a majority of hunters has very little to do with the the, the humanity of it. Yeah, and for rather, sure. Rather, rather either being able to take out certain um, impulses that would not be acceptable to commit upon anything else but an animal. Maybe or money. Or money. You buy it like you you kill a deer like you you feed a family for like a year basically. Sure, right? yeah, potentially. Like it's, it's huge. But I don't know any. I it's very rare. I think, in at least in our society, where people do that out of necessity. Mm. If anything, people kill one and go like, "Hey, who wants some deer?" Yeah, no, no, no right. one, no one that I know that hunts does it out of necessity, and that's kind of my point. Is that yeah. it's like it's a leisure activity here to hunt, which is kind of messed up when you think about it's it. It's kind of right? fucked up. Like, like fishing is a thing that you do with your dad for fun, but like you don't rely on it to feed yourself. Even though you know I eat fish regularly, like I don't eat fish that yeah. I caught. I just think I would something... go and do it, but I would go and do it in the same way as I go grocery shopping. Yeah. So you? I use wouldn't a go and do it for fun. Biodegradable bag to suffocate the deer. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just sneak up on them and then like. Ah, ah, gotcha. <laughs> this is television. That's all it is. It's nothing to do with people. It's to do with the ratings. For 50 years, we've told them what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. For Christ's sake, Ben, don't you understand? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. Listen, they love game shows. They love wrestling. They love sports and violence. So what do we do? We give them what they want. We're number one, Ben. That's all that counts. Believe me, I've been in the business 30 years. Well, I haven't been in show business as long as you have, Killian. But I'm a quick learner. Well, you you got to figure that this kind of Hunger Games shit's probably been going on underground somewhere in some fashion already. Russia would be the place where you would premiere (laughs) 
this new way of thinking. <laughs> new way of thinking. <laughs> if you you mean totally obsolete way of thinking that people secretly crave. Yeah, but it's it's just so... Uh, like the world's turning into like a dystopian sci-fi novel. Yeah, jokes are real. Right? Where like gladiatorial combat, you know, is kind of the hottest sport. Short of chopping each other's heads off, but they are they are braining each other on a weekly basis, right? Um, and then we're just, I don't know, man. Things are so out of whack. Um, I was reading that article that I sent to Richard earlier about um, the sort of subtler effects of the Trump presidency, which were not so much, well, there's a whole part that everyone else gets to sort of watch, which is the the day-to-day ridiculousness that comes out of this man's mouth and just the weird things he does and the things, and there's all that stuff. And then, but there's this other sort of background noise that's actually uh, much worse, which is how it's emboldened a certain group of people uh, who think now that like their their time has come and they're even doing things that ostensibly Trump himself might even not be with, you know, down to do, but right. They they see him as their messiah. Yeah, but the the biggest thing with Trump is the normalization of Trump that happened almost overnight, where media outlets that two days before the election were calling him uh, racist, uh, you know, accusing him of all sorts it's of never going to of hate crimes and whatnot. Who two days after the election are saying, well, you know, and it's not so bad, and the president is surrounded by a certain people and. You know, and like this idea that like it's okay, it'll be fine. We're gonna tough through four years, and it's like, wait a second. Like the the I do think that there is a huge difference between what Trump says and what Trump believes. I think that when it comes to certain social issues, that people, you know, obviously it would be better with a more liberal president. But I think that Trump. Trump wants to run the country the way you run a business. He doesn't really care which bathroom you're peeing in. He just wants to know how we can make more money. How much we can and charge. So yeah. He's not really going to get, I think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't think he's going to get too embroiled with uh, social issues. And I think he's going to be a little bit like Harper. But you know, more psychotic. But the the where Harper too, he didn't want to get involved with abortion issues. He didn't want to get involved with same sex marriage. He, he's like, right this was this was an stuff. issue where some of his supporters were were very much pushing him to do it. And he's like, I don't want to go there. He's like, I want to I want to try to balance the budget. I want to you know I want to I want to worry about the money. And I think that that's you're gonna get a clown. In, in Trump, but I think you're going to get a guy who, and even all of his appointments so far to his different cabinet positions, they're all rich and powerful CEOs and former CEOs of companies. There are no or very few politicians being appointed to those positions, right. you know, like education and shit where you're like, how about we, you know, get someone who's been in education for 40 years to sit in that chair? You're like, nope, we're going to get someone who, you know, like, like isn't it Linda Man or some shit? Editor in chief <laughs> like of Breitbart and, and a bunch of other. Yeah, it's so funny to read the the shock and horror of the like left or leaning media as to his appointments. Mm-hmm. And then I, for fun, I went on the Fox website to see how they're interpreting the same news, and it's it's the same image 
mm-hmm. that the other news is using <laughs> with like it looks like the like a video game character selection screen where you're like <laughs> who am I going to select for this fight which four guys am I going to put in my team and but instead of like um, another Goldman Sachs insider business billionaire appointed to head of government on the Fox side is like uh, the uh, do- president elect gathers his generals <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and, yeah. It's got the and I, it's not even a different take on the news. It's right. other news. Yeah. Right. I I don't know. I think I I thought of this, but apparently uh, some other publication coined the phrase uh, the um, divided states of America. Like yeah. there are, there's effectively two countries now, south yeah. of the border. Yeah. There has been for a while. I, I think, think so. Yeah. yeah. But now it's like it's official. I was more mm-hmm. leaning towards the the idea of how while all this is going on at the high levels there what it's doing at the population level right well like the article that i sent over to richard was about from rolling stone where they were talking about some comedians and how they're talking about how just like 24 hours before the election trump was you know fair game you could go like you went yeah, to town you, on you, it. exactly right it was comedy gold and then if you happen to encounter a trump supporter somewhere in the crowd snow check <laughs> can you tell there's a storm in montreal um game two winter courtesy. has already begun again <laughs> yeah, courtesy exactly. or curse or this wow. was game one this is game one yeah <laughs> we're all doomed <laughs> so yeah um whereas 24 hours before the election this was all good now uh you're getting comedians and artists and stuff getting shouted down during their shows for not disrespecting the president-elect or some shit like that. Yeah, people telling them to get off of stage. And, like, it's emboldened a certain bunch of people who had to stay quiet and constantly eat the jokes about their way of life. Which is the equal and opposite reaction of what we had before, which was, like, the more liberal side that were felt emboldened to interrupt comedy shows when a joke came up that they didn't like. Yeah, right. And walk out on professors. But that's been status quo for quite some time. Right. So we're not, we're, yeah, we're not liking the, 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 that it's swinging the other way, right? right. Like Wanda just, Sykes says that like uh, Trump is a racist and she gets booed is the same thing as like somebody making a rape joke before and be like, no, we can't do yeah, that. Yeah, this is insensitive. This is, yeah, this is. You know, like the oh, ultra PC, like it, it's, the left is becoming like more authoritarian and yeah. the, the, the right is, I mean, they basically created this whole alt-right thing. It's yeah. true, and then, because you know, the left just went off the rails. They they keep making accusations. They they keep calling Trump populist. That's always an accusation that's made of like kind of uh, the right wing yeah. type dudes, but the left has been just as well, guilty of populism and and kind of, uh, um, but a different kind of populism, right? Like this like wave of PC. Yeah, everything must be I mean, in I its think, place. I I think that the. I do think that there is a certain maybe short-term effect of a guy like Trump being elected and how on a on a kind of grassroots level I don't know if I you know if I can kind of use that very loosely that there are groups and people who feel emboldened by hey we elected this guy but I think uh, was it John Stewart who was making this point about like you know we're, on the left people are very quick to brand all Trump supporters as racists and as bigots. Morons. When the fact is is that you don't. I refuse to accept. Maybe I'm wrong, but I refuse to accept that 50 percent of the United States of America 
are raging, angry racists. I think that there is a percentage of people who voted for him who are racist. You could probably make the same claim about Clinton, who are people with biases, different biases. But the, the fact is, is there are many people who consider themselves intelligent human beings who made a choice to vote for him. I, I guess the best comment that I saw about the whole thing is someone who's kind of making a plea, like saying... You know, I will not get mad at Trump supporters who are celebrating today that Trump was elected because if Hillary had been elected, I'd have been making the same. I'd have been celebrating just as hard. And they were essentially saying, I hope that these people voted for him despite all the horrible shit that he said about people rather than because of it. And I think that's kind of the that's the feeling. I, I do think that most people are not extremists like extreme racists or whatever they're always going to be louder you're always going to hear them more people who are you know kind of like i'm 65 years old and a little afraid because for the first time i don't know a hindu family moved into the neighborhood but that are otherwise not like like going out of their way to be assholes they're not yelling get them out of my community they're just kind of like this is new and i i need to get used to this right and like i think that there are plenty more people in that situation than people who are like gonna dress up in like their bed sheets and like carry burning crosses around like that shit's gonna happen but it's a it's not it's not i, I don't the, think it yeah. represents the majority of of people and i think that you know that that his kind of uh angry hick uh billionaire <laughs> populist thing just worked that people were like yeah i just i want a guy who'll lie to me and then reverse position the very next day and say what the fuck is it to you like i could do whatever the hell i want because that's also baked into the american identity right a beholden to no one yeah that's definitely a thing right? i think like that's he, part, he of echoes appeal. part of it so. he definitely spoke to like the the middle america sort of working yeah. class folk and uh the you know hillary clinton didn't did did not well, I, 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 think she ran, at all. I think she ran a pretty poor campaign, to be honest. I think that um, I, I think she was the second best candidate that the Democratic Party had. And that, unfortunately, some people in positions to make decisions about, you know, who got the actual, uh, you know, who get to run for the party. I think I don't think they looked hard enough at what the end goal was i think they kind of just played the well she's next in line and it's her turn as opposed to wait a second we want to beat this guy mm. and she is losing in every single poll where he is where she is pitted against him and even though bernie sanders wasn't enjoying a say as much popularity within the democratic party every poll that posted him against trump he would win by a fair margin and so like they, they were in a position to say wait a second yeah, Hillary, we're really sorry. We wanted to give you your turn, but we want to win. And like, and I, I think that like, this is what the people want. Yeah, but I, I think she just ran and a pretty he's a board. better candidate. Yeah, Bernie well, was a better for me, candidate in some ways. Yeah, I yeah. think, but I just, I just think she kind of ran a poor campaign because the whole point is people were feeling like it was this kind of act of you know succession succession we're like okay well you're next in line it's true. It did feel you dynasty, were the runner up from yeah. the night so here's we're continuing passing the stick of dynasty and it's no knock against her personally it's just i, I kind of feel like her campaign never really figured out how to talk to people they, they kind of took it for granted and i think that a lot of people who are not angry racists but who voted for trump i think you can explain some of that by saying, you know what? I don't feel like she actually gives a shit. She thinks this thing's in the bag. Yeah, let's show her. Let's vote for the other guy. Also, a ton of controversy around here as well. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, she did get away with a lot of things. Uh, the Edward Snowden thing in particular was very, very dirty to me. Which was that? Well, like this whole idea of, of Edward Snowden being exiled and over over treason and accusations for basically doing what he thought was his duty as an American, which was right. to blow which the Which a lot of people agree with. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, facing all kinds of threats of incarceration and whatever for 100 years or whatever it is that treason carries these days. Whereas uh, other things that, sh- that uh, Hillary did, which were just as bad, if not worse, in terms of security breach, came with no penalty, right? So there was this whole sort of side of Edward Snowden actually going like, why, why am I being crucified and this person is getting a free pass mm-hmm. right. on what are very comparable sort of... Yeah. In fact, I actually am better. I did it for a reason. She was just careless. Right. Yeah. But there's, it. I mean, there's something to that, right? That yeah. You intentionally yeah. did that right? as opposed to like your mom falling for like an email yeah you know nigerian <laughs> prince uh, nigerian prince scam. Yeah. we're know? back to killing like, the deer like in the end of the day the deer's dead <laughs> no but and there's another and that actually connects back to that actually connects back to trump right because he made a large he campaigned very heavily on the fact that the reason you shouldn't vote for hillary clinton is that she was kind of morally corrupt or suspect right because of these issues and he kept insisting like he's going to take you know he's going to if he gets elected, he's going to take it to court. He's going to, and a lot of his supporters. And trust me, I, I World of Warcraft. I see them; they're on there. <laughs> are they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we can get to that in a sec. But the, like people That's are very, but people were very, very vocal about like, yeah, string her up and make sure that she has to pay for that. And you know, a couple of days after getting elected, he's like, yeah, I'm not fucking doing this. And you knew he wouldn't because the other issue with her particular that, that negligence with the 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 emails is that the investigation was concluded and they concluded that in fact there was no significant or major security breach yes it could have been but there really wasn't and that she was while what she did was sort of poor judgment or in bad taste it wasn't illegal and it didn't like contravene any specific edict that she was you know beholden to respect so that like you know, you're like, he's campaigning on this whole premise of I'm going to take her to court for this thing. And you're like, well, actually, we've already established that while you may think that what she did was morally suspect, it was not, in fact, illegal. And so right. the whole idea of going to court well, is kind of ludicrous. I think there's an additional reason why he doesn't want to go through with that. Because he's going to lose and he's got other things to do at this point. I, I think, honestly. <laughs> That's been the message for sure. I honestly, like, oh, we don't have time for that. We have other th- other fish to fry. I yeah. think the reason he's moving on from that very quickly is because a he has nothing to gain from it. In nothing. fact, he has everything to lose because exactly. he has skeletons of his own. Right. Well, and not to mention if he does it and he fails at it, like that's worse than not doing it at all. Yeah, and then if the next president that comes along could decide to have a field day with him, yeah. right? You're like, oh, okay, so presidential level people are, oh, it's open season. Hmm. All right, well, guess what. <laughs> Trump's yeah. done a couple of bad things in his life to get where he is, <laughs> and we're gonna just uh, there's no. we're gonna see how far his ability to shrug off things is gonna you know go. I don't know. I mean, it's a it's such a weird time, man. It's a weird time because like I feel like we spent you and I anyway, and even you, we've shored up our defenses against intolerance, against uh, populism, against. Uh, like sectarianism, like we've like we've wanted to sort of be conscious, free thinking, compassionate human beings, and while we were in sort of we we engaged in this kind of um, process, the side that we inadvertently kind of joined went mad, 
hmm. you know, while we were sleeping, <clears throat> the people we walked with sort of in agreement of like making this world a better place uh, went over the hill or over the precipice. And now we don't, these are not our people anymore. The right wing mm-hmm. people are not our people either. Uh, we're kind of stuck in the middle yeah. between agreeing with both 25 sides. years ago. You could get a bunch of Republicans and a bunch of Democrats in a room and get them to agree on 65% of what they were discussing. It was the differences were, they were material, like they mattered, that there was significance to it. But there was a certain amount of, of good faith or, you know, an understanding that we are coming at similar problems from different ways, but that there are ways that we can work together that maybe, you know, your biggest concerns can be addressed and my biggest concerns can be addressed and I can live with the fact that, you know, like at it the isn't very perfect. least no one's looking to burn down the house. No, but now it's, it's now ago. it's personal, now it's extreme, now it's like it's all or nothing. It's and it's that's the that's and that's the problem. Like you said, is there's the 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 on the left you have the everyone is a super special snowflake and that is allowed to have every one of their idiosyncrasies be treated like a lifestyle choice that needs to be respected. And then on the right, you have the extreme of, you know, no, no, there can be no variance, no variance from what we have established as a group is the the norm. And it's like, but the problem is that both sides are convinced that they possess some direct access to some truth which is where the problem comes in. It used to be nobody, everybody knew that culture and a society was consensual. It was built by discussing amongst people and trying to find it a way where you're like, okay, let's find a way where people can live their lives and that we, we can lay out certain freedoms and certain things for people. Now it's just kind of like, like you said, it's like there's it's a no religious war. It's another religious war. It's just that the, 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 the shape of it has changed, but it really is a war of ideologies. It's it's true, but uh, I mean, if, if you you can drive yourself mad by just paying attention to the lunatic fringe, right? <laughs> yeah. And right. there's there's something like right now, which is sort of unique to our time, which is that the lunatic fringe gets most of the airtime. Yeah, right? exactly. So each of they're all like just upping the ante mm-hmm. on either side, but like the majority of people are. In the center, center left, center right, they're like, well, these people who are doing all this bullshit don't represent me, and like these other people over here don't represent me either. But yeah. they're just that conversation's going on over there. And if and if you tune in too much to it, if you go too deep into the YouTube uh, the, channel, the, the videos, the, yeah, yeah, the exactly. compilation fail, fail compilations, yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure, it can turn you like fully dark side and just yeah. like. I have no patience for either side of this extremism. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I yeah, can't. I've that, seen that's you go always, down that hole, and I've seen. I've, sure. I've had to say, like you, who usually are very good at knowing where you stand. Yeah. They're like Richard. No. No. Yeah. I keep no. sending you links, like, oh, look at this shit. You know, look at that shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's strange because the the the, the lunatic fringe has so much um, agency. Yeah. They they all they have that kind of a platform. Through social media, through YouTube, through all this stuff, it's uh, and and at the same time, people have an appetite for drama. Yeah, right. So there's people watching all this stuff, yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, exactly. That hateful thing that you just said is exactly what I've been thinking." My wife doesn't agree, but whatever, you know, like <laughs> we're together. I and, make sense, right? But then, like, you just kind of recruit these cult cult followings, and it's it's dangerous, man. You can't, you can't go too 
too deep into the, the dark side of YouTube. Something. You know? Because the lunatic fringe in itself is not really a dangerous uh, contingent. It's just, just it's always been around. There have always yeah. been extreme positions at all times. But right? the complacency and go along factor is kind of but, what's what's dangerous. Most people treat it like a reality show. Pretty <laughs> they much. They treat it like a game I mean, two winter. Game <laughs> two winter, yeah. We we have people talking to us. If you want to, you can have someone talking to you 24-7 telling you exactly what to think. That wasn't always the case. So you'd have your news, you'd have your newspapers with certain slants, and you'd have your biases, but you couldn't spend 24 hours a day getting every day getting news so-called news fed to you along with a panel of totally biased uh panelists trying to push their agenda on you now like you get that all the time you and it pretty much yeah. stay in your yeah. in your in your paradigm and you can choose the stuff that you're watching based on what you want to hear exactly you could literally exactly. not be exposed to anything you don't want to hear yeah. exactly and most most people are not because in order to do that you would have to in a lot of cases go out of your way to find other sources then essentially get the same news three times, let's say, right? To get like a different sort of point of view. And most people don't do it. And the other thing too is the way we have discussions, so-called discussions about these things is through like, you know, 140 character tweets where having a, a expressing a complex or nuanced opinion about something is not really the way to go. It's a lot easier to go like, yeah, fuck that guy or yeah, that lying bitch or whatever. Like it, it's... These are the sound bites of our times. This is how people communicate. They don't yeah. go, wait a second, let's have a discussion about this and say, well, you know, on the one hand, this person X, Y, Z. On the other hand, and, you know, I feel I fall somewhere between, and, oh, is that the case? Okay, great. Well, let me tell you what I think. Like, that's not how it happens. No. You're just like, so-and-so said this. They are not lying to me. You are a liar or your information is faulty or you're an idiot. Like, yeah. these are the, the... I spoke to such a person just today, a, a longtime client of mine who's uh, in, in any every other case... A very nice person. Mm-hmm. She's a mom. She's a she's yeah, a yeah. hard work. She's she's an IT tech specialist at a high level. She's very specialized. She's uh, knowledgeable. But every time we talk about like her um, her likes in terms of like media or what yeah. she's watching, what she into, she very very straightforwardly tells me that she uh, she doesn't like anything that requires too much thinking because that's her day to day. She has yeah. to solve problems heavily at a high level. So when she watches her shows, she wants A, B, C, and then good night, right? She wants the Candy Crush experience mm-hmm. from media. And the same with news. I'm like, where do you get your news? She's like, Twitter. I'm like, Twitter? She's like, yeah. I mean, you just get that likes. You get, I, I subscribe to all the newspapers, and then I, can, I know in 140 characters if I feel like reading this or not. And I completely understand her reasons. Absolutely, but, but I also she's entirely representative yeah. of how people consume media, and like, you understand all the reasons mm-hmm. why. But it's terrifying because you would realize then that most people aren't even reading the like, they're not even reading the articles. No. They're not. They're not informed. They don't want to be informed. That's worse than not informed. Well, also, there is so much news out there that you have to figure out how you want to get informed about what do you would you like to be yeah. informed how often like like because it used to be available you get your paper in the morning and, and you get your six o'clock news you're like those were the two sources you'd read your paper you'd watch the news that was it how much news is too much 
I know that when Rochelle years ago, when she was living in New York, she's like, she's like, I was hooked. I was addicted to CNN. Like I had to stop because she was like, I would consume all the news I could possibly get. And I'm like, all right, you want to be responsible. You don't want to just take what's coming at you at face value right away. It becomes a TV show. At which point do you spend all your time consuming news? Like you also have to be able to go, you know, some issues are just not going to matter to you. They're just not going to be that important. Or you're like, all right, I don't really care about what's going on, let's say, with daycares in Quebec. I'm like, eh, not a problem that really concerns me over much. I don't really care to find out. But if, you know, someone wants to talk about uh, what they're legislating for a school curriculum or something, like maybe I find that interesting, right? Like at some point, the news There's outlets have you figured can, out yeah. that they're product is just that it's a product like anything else and people have to buy it and they have to and they want to click on the things that are going to give them the feelings that they want whether that feeling is i'm an informed citizen who reads unbiased news or that feeling is i just want more people to tell me that what i'm thinking is right and we're we're not engineered to know all of the bad news that happens no. ac- like across the globe no no way i can't you know like I can't do it. we are engineered to live in like villages of like 140 yeah. people and like everybody knows everything about everyone and you know mm. everyone talks behind each other's backs but or gossips and stuff and that's how everybody figures things out this whole news thing is is completely new like mm. it's it's not it's not natural right like and you if you want to you can just watch bad news all day yeah about all the people all the atrocities CNN. that happened across the world and you know, you got to wonder if some of like the psychological issues that we have, the like the over medication, uh, the depression, all that stuff, is a result of knowing too much bad shit, too much horror, too. You much know, horror. like you really shouldn't be like the idea of like having like a like a global a, a sense of ethics globally. I think is beyond the human animal, mm. right? It's the same reason we don't. Most people don't give money to starving kids across the world with flies on them. It's the same reason why like, we can't really fully uh, empathize with people who are in Aleppo or something. Yeah. You know? like Even some though people, it's a horror show, yeah. It's a fucking horror show. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if that's something that the human animal is capable of it's doing it's out of sight out of mind in a sense yeah 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 but there's, there's also i think what and i kind of agree is that like there's a there's a self-defense mechanism aspect of it where at some point there's a part of your emotional self that just needs to shut down because if you if if empathy without bounds means you could never do anything you would right. always be choked up enraptured and, with yeah. the suffering of other people and at some point in order to get along get on with your life like, let's say you're in a relationship with someone and you want to you want to end that relationship. You know that you are going to cause them pain very likely by telling them, I'm sorry, this is not working out. And, you know, it, it's not you're not trying to I'm make sorry. Big, I'm, I'm leaving to join the game circus. two. Oh, game two. Winter. Yeah. But, you know, like and, and at some point, if you don't accept that you're going to have to cause pain to this person, you can end up being paralyzed and not do anything about it because you're worried about that suffering that you're going to create to someone else. And if that's, that's a relatively small scale example of something, but like magnify that by 6 billion people and it becomes, it becomes impossible to hold in your mind what's happening. Like you said, in Syria and you're just kind of like, 
or just checking your emails you were saying earlier this week how how paralyzing it was for you at sometimes when you when you got the I'm just you're getting info from like I I don't I definitely am not engineered to deal with this 24 hours access to other people all the time I'm like I kind of miss the days where if it's 2 a.m. at home you can't call me because it's just rude to call someone on the phone after 10 right and you you know and there was an article and you used to the, get this sound when you called that too yeah <laughs> sorry there, <laughs> there was a title to an article that I didn't read that came across my feed that was saying that <laughs> empathy makes uh like that empathy doesn't make for better doctors right no. like so more empathy actually makes doctors worse at their job yeah sort of a thing i wish i'd read the article because i'd be able to comment further yeah but i, I think I, but i think the <laughs> but logic to your point we don't read articles anymore yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. but i think i think i get the logic of it right where the logic of it is is that sometimes you know, if you're a doctor, you have to deliver bad news to people, or you have to administer treatments. Like, like if you administer a chemotherapy to somebody, and right. like you're like, you know that they may not make it through, and you know that shit's going to be awful. And like, but like at some point, you you kind of have to just do it. It feels so bad for them that you don't do it. Yeah. Speaking like, of, uh, like, oh no, I just feel your pain. I I, I can't perform this surgery because I feel your pain. Too yeah. Much. <laughs> no. Yeah, but again, I feel like there's a half step there. You have to objectify people, literally, to be able to. There, yeah. There's a half step, job. I feel, there. I feel the doctor should, in fact, and can benefit greatly from empathy, but what's more important than yeah, empathy, but no one, empathy nobody is... Want, no one wants robot doctors, and I don't think this are... That very likely not what the article is arguing, but no. the... Perhaps. Either way, I don't know what... I would like a robot doctor. Robot It's coming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that hurts. Fix human. <laughs> that really hurts. <laughs> Fix human. Stop. <laughs> Fix human. Um, I'd say empathy or no empathy is not really the... In fact, if anything, I'd rather have empathy, but I yeah. want the kind of mature person who's able to table that in, in order to give me and to proceed with the treatment that is best for sure right yeah absolutely but i, I think there's some measure of you know you want to keep middle it ground sort of middle yeah. ground because there's a cost to the like cold-blooded um yeah, yeah. effect and then we see it here in this province where right? there's that yeah. whole contention between the french uh tradition of medicine where they're very bedside mannery uh but um, much but more prone to fuckery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you have like the Jewish uh, Anglo uh, approach where they're like, they're like, th- they may not even look at you, but you're going to, you'll y- be fine. You'll check out <laughs> yeah, right. and you'll be cured. <laughs> For sure. But like this whole empathy thing kind of goes back to the news, right? Yeah. Whereas like you have the 24 hour global news that can just tug on that empathy string right, constantly. all day long just to try to keep you watching and keep you like, mm-hmm teary-eyed so they can show you more ads right yeah Yeah, that's the best way i've ever well like compare you know contrast like to me the two extremes for news are cnn and like the bbc right or or let's say cnn or fox like they totally hyper emotionalize the whole thing they make sure that you're watching like you're watching a movie right tv show whereas the bbc tends to be much more clinical in its delivery it tends to talk about certain you know you know your standard format two and a half minute segment but and it will present some facts, show you a couple it's of images. It's nice, British, boring. Yeah, and and but and the whole point, I guess, you can ask then, what is the purpose of news, right? Because that's the other thing is to me, there's like an implicit call to action with news, which is why I can't take too much of it. Because at some point, I'm like, I can't, I can't fix these problems. I'm, right. I'm sorry, I don't, and like I get overwhelmed with the kind of perceived weight of I don't, I have no interest in news to just know. 
Like at some point, it's just yeah. like I'm it's not. Like, I feel like it's perverted to just want news in order to feel like all right. That's I know a great it's, point. Like I feel like it's 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 voyeurism of a different kind. Yeah, but like that's true. right, and like you're just like I want to know what's going on in the world, but you actually have are not invested. I'm like I, I if I watch news, I kind of feel like oh shit, like I can't I can't. Deal yeah, with I just this. today I watched some guy on the Turkish news talking about Aleppo, and he breaks down like mm. while reporting and because. Final. Because they're, uh, they, it came up that like they have to operate on children in Aleppo with yeah. no anesthetic. Blah, blah, and he's just like, he lost it. And I'm right. 100% sure that that guy's suffering was real. Oh, and dude, that for and sure. all the suffering is real. But like, you're right. The call to action factor there is like, I didn't click on that video because I was like, at the end of this, I'm going to feel terrible. I am completely powerless to do anything about this. And. I just don't know how this benefits anything. Like, but, why I mean, is it my duty to know about all the horror? Right, and then once you know, do you then have a moral responsibility to do something? Yeah. Right? Well, and like, to send money to right. get on a plane and go to Aleppo. Yeah. I don't even know if planes can land in Aleppo. Yeah. But it, point, it goes but. back to your point before of like we're just kind of not engineered to operate in so wide or broad a sphere where I know what's going on halfway across the world because the necessary corollary to all this horrible things, all this horrible stuff is happening in Syria is, well, we also have several problems here, right here down the street where I live, where people also need help. People are also suffering. People are also dying. And like, and like, what do you do? Where do you start? Like, it's just, yeah, me, it almost it's seems like, overwhelming. like that inability to, to affect any change over the horrors, which are outside of your scope and reach almost have a, a dousing effect on your or on your average person's motivation to do things even about their local horror. Well, I think right. it's easier. Right? It's it's easier for someone to get up in arms about something happening halfway across the world that they can actually do nothing about, directly anyways, because it kind of allows you to get your outrage out but totally ignore whatever is going on in your immediate vicinity. Right, like charity. Throwing yeah, or, you know, or... like, and, and, and I'm not saying this to, like, I'm no better. I'm not saying this like I'm judging people who get up in arms. Like, you should be upset about what the fuck was going on in Syria. Like, but at the end that of the is day... the appropriate human reaction. But, like, it's, I, un I also understand that, like, sometimes it's easy to get upset about something that's a little further off because you don't the 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 direct connection to it or the fact the need to do something is like it, it's kind of a, a stand-in for it's know. a distraction from uh anything that would compel you to work on actual local problems that you yeah. have a you know a hope in hell of influencing but so you're watching this TV show, which is effectively a TV show yeah, for you, much, like yeah. on the other it's, side it's of the world, on another planet, to to distract you from what's going on around you. Yeah. Right. So like you could actually get involved in your community, or you could sit at home and you could watch the bad news that's happening across the globe. And yeah. what do you have to say about an organization that makes money by just convincing you that humanity is horrible? You know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if you just sit home and watch the news all day, I could see why people will get depressed. I would yeah. see why people would like not 
would would lose their ability to like form relationships with other human beings and right? want to play Candy lose, Crush, lose faith, and just yeah, just retreat and watch and Russians say, murder each other in the forest. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's I felt it. I felt it's it. Fucked. Called There's police. something fucked about it. I have walked. Uh, I have walked completely innocently into that trap, and with everything I sub- think I know, where I've gone to work, and I'm like, doo, ba, doo, ba, doo, ba, doo. I I go into the the metro. And of course, they have people shoving papers in your face, you know, mm-hmm. compulsively. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of go out of your way to go like, no, thank you. And I just grab it because I'm like, fuck it. And then the front page is always deceptively like, taxes going up, taxes going down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, new thing being built. I'm gonna new Canadians thing being lost knocked last down. Night, whatever. Canadians yeah. lost. Canadians yeah. won. Uh, new electric car that we'll never see. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> new clean burning thing that we'll never see. Yeah. Could there be a cure for AIDS that we'll never see? Yes. <laughs> so you open up. Someone's cured cancer for the seventeenth time. For the seventeenth time, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, and then you open it up. You're like, and by page three, and you're like, boom. Yeah, page one and two is like municipal uh, yeah, stuff. That's like yawn. I don't yeah. care if they change the, the the signs on the curb of this street, and then. Aleppo, 600 dead. Uh, yeah. Man found in basement. He's been eating babies for years. Which which puts into context, like, Montreal changes its font. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's that's the lure. Yeah. Right? If yeah. it's a squirrel. But it also puts things into context, right? Like, if, if you wanted to convince people that things were pretty good here, that would be a pretty good strategy. It's a good sell, yeah. Right? Would it be like to show people how horrible and monstrous the rest of life the is everywhere else? It's a PR so that, move. you know, yeah, we you know this thing that we're no. gonna do that's horrible. Don't complain about the taxes going up. Yeah. Aleppo's on fire. Yeah, it, you're. I'm, but I, what I'm, what I, I wanted can't. to say about that is, <laughs> I, I catch myself, uh, uh, I catch myself not right away. It doesn't kick in, right? Because in the morning you're a bit in a daze. Hmm. Whenever you're traveling, you're a bit in a daze. So yeah. I'm a good three quarters into an article about something horrible having happened before going. Oh, there's a knot in my stomach. What's going? Am I hungry? Oh no! I'm I'm reading. Ah ah! You know, abort. When I and I crumple up the paper and throw it in the recycling bin. I'm like, fuck this those, noise. Those stories <laughs> are never real to me unless I can connect. Like unless I talk to someone who has a legit connection. Oh. Like they have family back in Aleppo, or you know, like. But even I, then, I it's like tenuous. No, but like you can throw all the facts that you want at me. I know horrible shit is going down, and 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 I I think it's awful and all that stuff but it doesn't actually take on a, a a a meaningful reality until you know i meet a guy or some girl who's like yeah i've been trying to get in touch with my mother who's back home for the last week and i'm like oh shit i know you i like you i see I you every you day to be well i want you to be well that's the only time that news really sort of becomes real to me but otherwise even then it's, it's weird... such a reach yeah, but but it, but like it has a human impact. It has like a face. It does, but right? like you know, like when uh, when the, there was the whole economic crash in Greece, uh, yeah. Montreal being Opa. <laughs> being uh, home to a fair a lot number. of Greek people. Yeah, there's yeah. a chance that you know at least one Greek person sure. if you live in Montreal. Sure. Uh, shout out to Nikki. Shout out, shout out to Nikki. Um, <laughs> you're gonna be. You know, you'd be like, "Oh fuck yeah, that's right. She's she's yeah. Greece, Greek. Uh, what? Hey, any people near that earthquake that happened? Like, no, my parents are on the eastern side. Okay, what about you? Oh yes, well they're with cousins, so they're fine. So like, 
yeah, there's a bit of more of a connect there, but it's still nothing you but can it, do anything about. No, but it comes down to what Richard was saying about not really being wired for global concerns. Is is I become concerned about that, or that news impacts me when people living in my village, Gosomodu, right? People living in my village display actual like this news has impacted me personally. Right. Like, okay, I lost a relative, let's say. Yeah, in, there's been in, no power on my street for like twelve hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I, you know, I lost a relative in Syria. It's like okay, you I know you are in my village. You live with me every day. It matters to me that you are upset. Or this, this is what I can handle. Happen yeah. to you. I can this wrap is what my I can, mind. I can wrap my mind against this. Where like I know you and you had a relative and something bad happened to them. I can my my brain can wrap itself around that. My brain cannot wrap itself in any meaningful way around like thousands of people being like caught in the crossfire of an unnecessary stupid fucking right. war halfway across the world and you're just like And there being like a like weird cautious. misplaced shame attributed to not being up to date on those yeah. tidbits. Yeah, it's a moral responsibility to stay informed. Yeah. And to to suffer. But, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 completely fucked. Yeah, you know, I've, if you take a step back and look at it, it's it's really it's a masochistic behavior. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Although, you know, there are some people who who you know, stay informed and actually do some stuff, but that's like less yeah, than less, 1%. Less than 1%. Right? It's the same thing as like uh we we lack the the moral capability to 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 truly empathize with more than what would be in a in a village like like yeah. you can only I think it's and correct me if I'm wrong but I think it's 140 names that you can Something actually like know yeah right like right so oh. like every time you learn someone new's name <laughs> like you run into somebody you learn someone's name you retain I, that you like you I think that's kind of losing that's the right. sort of I think the, it's the far, far lower number, number for me but of yes. meaningful relationships you can kind of entertain right. at once I don't know it's necessarily names but like yeah, you can have some people can definitely hold on to more than names. Than yeah, that, yeah, but, but it's yeah. like 140, 150 ish people that you're like you can have, you, you can it's qualify as having yeah. a relationship with, right? right? Like, yeah, just because so. the way that we communicate and yeah. our ability to well, remember and, how many hours in which a day, immediately like renders <laughs> all of this social media. Like, I have five thousand friends, like completely. No, but this, I think there's an issue of breadth and depth, right? And I think I tend to prefer having or I, I, I don't know that I prefer but it's what I tend to have is fewer relationships but what I think is a deeper connection with these people but some other people that I know and I, I mean maybe I, we've talked about maybe Julian before who my feeling is he's very good at breadth he's very good at knowing people from all over the place um, which isn't to say he doesn't have meaningful relationships with people but like it, 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 breadth is a concern of his how many people my concern is more, you know, who are these people that I know, and but yeah, I think that that average probably probably true. There's probably some truth to it. Anyway, so when you're talking about social media, you're talking about like followers, right? Like it's a yeah. form of fame, right? Like right. the I next did. level is like being a Hollywood star. I have fifty thousand people that don't particularly care about me, right? Or can really empathize with anything that's I'm actually living. Yeah, you're starting to talk out, talk about like box office sales and stuff. You know? Yeah, like it's more more like that. <laughs> Pretty much more than human well, interaction. One comment that is being read by, let's say, fifty thousand people, you have some sort of relationship with those people, but it's not a relationship on 
you know, more or less equal footing. Like, okay, this person's my friend or a really good acquaintance or like my boyfriend or whatever. Like this, this isn't, that's not what you have. You have a relationship where you provide content that people consume. And in that group of 50,000 people, perhaps there are some people that you have actual discussions with and relationships with, and they would count. But the vast majority of those people are not, they're not, you're not relationships. Those are it's fans. A broad, it's, a, it's a broadcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, but they're not even full fans. They're just people no. who clicked on the button. Mm-hmm. No, that's And their, their importance is, va- is greatly exaggerated, right? And their yes. value is greatly as, exaggerated. As has been right. <laughs> determined. 90% early. of those people don't really, like, they don't tune in, right? They, like, subscribe to you. And, you know, good for those people that were able to convert that into money for their small business or their private channel or whatever on YouTube. But it's all it's all sort of smoke and mirrors for the most part, in my view, anyway. For sure. But it's smoke and mirrors that pays the bills. Yeah. And from that standpoint, like it's just not relationships. It's not. No, you no, know, for the most exactly. part, it's not a relationship. It's fine when it's not, right? If it's some, this, there's this guy who reviews electronics who's huge. Hmm. Forget what his name is. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of this he, guy. He has like this really smooth gray background. Yeah. And he's a white table. He is insufferable. He's unwatchable. I tried, <laughs> wa- he is the most obnoxious fucking guy I have seen on YouTube in a long time. He has these mannerisms. He just flip, flap, flip. He does all this unnecessary. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be funny or this is just the the, the branding that he has, but he just like flip flops and fucking jerks off when he could have just <laughs> g- when you're like, come on, give me just a review of this product. But he just has to like ego stroke throughout yeah. the whole thing. And he has like a bazillion subscribers and he's making good money and good for him. But I don't resent him that much because he's not pretending to be making meaningful relationships with anybody. Hmm. I think the sincerity factor for me is always what plays. If it's a guy who's like a Tony Robbins, I can get my hate on for someone like that because he is faking emotional uh, connection and caring and whatever when he's just peddling a fucking book and a system and a $59.99. But he's pretending to be your friend that i hate that fucks with me on on a very yeah i have, deep a, core. I have, a, I have a big problem with that type of stuff right too. if some person is just going like follow me because i'll give you the best rev- i'm a nerd i review this stuff i'm, I, I'm gonna tell you about video games yeah or whatever it is and that's it turn tune in for my navel gazing and like people tune in there you go he's not he's not trying to you know, squeezing yeah. an inch on you. <laughs> He's just giving you what you get, what you see. Uh, I think it's when I see this kind of exchange. Sincerity. I always comes back to sincerity for me. Yeah, I mean, some people are sincere though that they that they want to feel. The the product is different. Like yeah. this guy is like, I'm going to tell you about reviews of these products and. I'm going to tell you the way that I want to, and I don't particularly care if you like me or not. And okay, I've got a couple yeah. million followers, but some people, the product that they peddle is this illusion of emotional attachment, right? Of like, I'm talking to you, you, you specifically, and that's what people are buying. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you have the advanced version, which is like, I'm real. I'm not like the other guys. I'll, I'll, I won't cut out all the things I say, and I'm giving it to you real because I'm raw. Um, Wait, is that the mission statement of this podcast, or are you talking about something else? I'd like to. I'd like to think that that's not what we're. We're not. We didn't set out to change lives. I think we've we've tried to be as sincere as you know. I mean, what you said was really funny, 
but I think <laughs> I think we've tried to be as sincere in terms yeah. of yeah. not making any claims to uh, a point of view that is either superior or like that we're out reaching out into the hearts and souls and turning. I I think the whole point of this podcast was that we don't know we have questions and we're constantly trying to make sense of the world i think that's right but when we run into our like uh, our fans on the street though and they realize who we are like they they really they, they, they feel as though they have a relationship with us you know what, you you know what happened Richard, to me today Jason, i feel like i have a relationship with both of you <laughs> i feel the same way but you man. know what though like we joke around that we're very self-deprecating but I do run into occasionally people. Who, it happened to you this week, It happened right? to me today. Th- was it today? Today. I ran into somebody, and this is really weird because this is somebody that, that we've known professionally, we've worked with. We weren't maybe necessarily very close with, mm. but we have certainly not seen or talked to this person in easily a decade, if not more. Right? Give him a shout out. Uh, n- nads. <laughs> We're going to have him on the show. We, <laughs> Nadim. We call yeah. him Nads. Yeah, Nadim, yeah. uh, a wicked artist. We're going to have him on my show. But uh, I ran into him. He was in the food court. and uh, He helped was, us set up. Yeah. He, he helped us set up the podcast. He hosted, yeah. he hosted our first like image because we didn't have a website. We, were, we didn't know what the fuck we were <laughs> just doing. Just so we could submit to iTunes, right? Yeah. yeah but again, yeah. we didn't meet him. I just emailed him like, yo, can you host this picture? He's like, oh, I haven't talked to you in 10 years. Sure. Because <laughs> he's cool like that. He's a class act. Yeah. But I'm I'm just like, hey, Nads, what's up? You know, right, right, can I shoot the shit? And he's like, hey, man. He's like, uh, while I'm talking, he's like, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this is really weird talking to you. And I'm like, why? He's like, because you haven't seen me in a while. He's like, no, but like, I listen to the show religiously and like you're kind of here. So there's like a weird star effect. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I just like, I feel like I'm in the presence of somebody. And I'm like, oh, God. Uh, all right. <laughs> Later. <laughs> uh, we'll have you on the show. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but I, I'm very distrustful and nervous around any sort of... I, I hate I hate insincerity. Hmm. I hate it. I can say that. I hate it. I fucking hate it. And I don't... Wait, it, how did you feel about it? I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it because I hate, I hate charlatans. I hate them so much. Right. I hate them. The world is chock full of them. And I don't mean that a, a sincere person can be somebody who is grabbed like the horns, you know, you grabbed life by both, whatever. A guy who's like, hey, and now I'm going to do some reads, right? I'm going to mm. read some sponsors. It's a bunch of bullshit, but I got to pay the bills. Here we go. Yeah. This is the best bed to buy. This is the best soft drink. Blah, blah, blah. Like I can get behind that, right? Mm-hmm. He's doing business. Uh, the company's weirdly getting off on his anti-pro promotional style well whatever just just be just just be transparent about it transparency not make, necessarily make sure that, true yeah, truth but make all sure, the time make sure that when you're plugging the ad it's clear that it's an ad and it isn't just uh, integrated into your spiel right like yeah. blah 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 we're talking about like hey man like add some rice krispies i haven't had rice krispies in forever oh yeah yeah what's oh man they're so good you're like yeah. and you're like nutritious that, right exactly and that's like <laughs> sponsored as opposed to okay and now a moment to talk about our sponsor hey guys rice krispies they're great go buy them right like you don't yeah, have to be on. you don't but have to be sincere. deprecating about the whole exactly. thing just just make it plain that like I'm telling you this because a company has asked me to, or you know, if you're reading a review of a game or a book or something like, I got bills to pay. You know, someone who just puts a disclaimer that says, "I was this given this ad. book by the publisher." Right. You're like, okay, you can then make up your own mind whether or not their opinion is is unbiased, but at least they said, you know, 
I I was given this game for free to review it. Sure. Like, it creeps me the fuck out when people try to put ads into the content of the show. Oh man, I fucking hate. I remember that shit. seeing like <laughs> Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, a bit, but like I remember seeing. Uh, remember that show Fringe? Mm-hmm. Uh, the J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Yeah, it was it with was the a, steward of Gondor as a yeah. mad scientist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I refuse to learn his real name. He's the steward of Gondor. Yeah. <laughs> shows to us that all it was. The time. It was a good show. I, I enjoyed right. the show. Yeah. But then they went through this this period of time where like they would get into the car and then they'd work into like the plot to say like where they're going like oh nice car. Oh, thank you. Oh, God, really? It's, it's a Toyota Prius. Yeah, or no. yeah dude. And then they're like, oh, yeah. look what I can do here. I can do, yeah. I can I can look, there's a camera behind, so I can see if any, like, I can it park the It was worked the into the dialogue? It was worked in the yeah. dialogue. That is. The same way as PS, uh, PS Play, PlayStation, PlayStation. First and, season of House of Cards. Yeah, yeah. First and sec- second, I think. Second, too. they I, toned it down, but first was, a, it was really, really, yeah. really oh, fucking Yeah, reversed. I really like this PlayStation. It's so like, good. Two characters meet, they have history. You're like, okay, what's going to be the conversation? And literally, in the he, he comes into the house, and you're we're waiting for like the piece of plot. And the guy, literally, like Kevin Spacey, literally just turns, is like, is that a PS Vita? And the guy's like, oh yes, my kids love it. They take it everywhere, and they don't have to be without their games. So, are you gonna run for governor? It was. I, I almost choked on my fucking popcorn. At least tie that shit to the plot. If you're really gonna do it, like tie that shit to the plot. Make right. the video game be important later. Well, when he, because the character on, on on House of Cards plays video games, because that's his relaxation. Yeah, thing yeah, yeah. That was all right. That was and all right. Everyone knew that was a PS controller. Right. Right, and that was like that worked. Right, but that sort of like let's, oh, that's hard. Yeah, I yeah. Just, I, it's just you're treating your your audience like idiots, and yeah. my my the way it actually offends me is that the I'm offended at the idea that they might be right. And yeah, it, yeah, that yeah. The yeah. audience is an idiot. You yeah, know? Like or at if, least they're not. Giving and then I'm just their... I'm just not like the typical that, that viewer all, or that you know? yeah or that deep down inside many of us if not all of us are actually that influenceable right yeah. that, like we can actually like I, you know what i think the actual attitude is probably and i could be wrong here but i think the attitude is the average joe if there is such a creature goes hey that's ridiculous they talk about the prius in the middle of the show anyway and they move on like they they pick up on the fact that it's silly, but mm-hmm. they don't pick up on the uh, how offensive it is. Well, I think, or I mean that that is one possibility. Yeah. Or they're banking that the fact that they do get offended is a short term sort of thing. Yeah. And if but they, here we are talking if about they, if they do end up shopping for a car, then it's going to subliminally yeah. Prius, Prius. Yeah. No, I have totally, you know. I have totally had moments in my life where I have made you know, nothing big, but like where I have made decisions or bought things that I realized as I was doing them or right afterwards, I'm like, I totally did that because I heard X, right? Like right. that I, I totally, totally. And and because at some point you are going to be, if nothing else other than bringing something to mind that you were not thinking about. You're not thinking about your car. You're not thinking about anything. And all of a sudden you see the Prius thing and you're not like, oh shit, drop everything, stop the show, I have to buy a Prius. But you kind of go, oh, oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe I am. Do you know my lease is kind of up? 
Maybe I should, you know what? Maybe I should call Toyota and see what the deal is. And it's not like a hard sell, and you're not, and you know, a, a small percentage of these people very likely buy the Prius, but it has made you think about it for long enough, or it made you think about it more than you would have yeah, it's if Kaiser you hadn't Soze. seen that moment. They implanted the the thought. Yeah, and they've right? even invented a a and first round response to it that you you that convinces you that you're smarter than you had. Like, yeah, right. of course, I've watched like a bunch of ads, but they don't work on me. <laughs> exactly. Little new. Well, you know. well, what you've done is you've, you've made it memorable. Right. Right. So all the other ads that you watch are all kind of blend into each other. And yeah, they're kicking around somewhere in your subliminal, like a subliminal memory. But you've made that significant because you're like, ah, what the fuck is this? This is right. obviously a Prius commercial. Prius, Prius, Prius. So outrage. Let's talk about Prius for half an hour and what they're like, pieces of shit they are. <laughs> outrage then, advertisement. Like, a whole new chapter of marketing. Right, but then yeah. that, that's become special. That's Any become reaction ingrained. is better than no reaction to a commercial. I think yeah. I think you'd find some marketing And elections. People. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I, th- I think you would find plenty of marketing people saying, okay, well, our ad offended people. Great, okay, how many people did it leave indifferent? Okay, less than 3%, great. This is a good ad. Let's run with it. Yeah. Because that's the fear, right? You, you invest all this money, all this time, and then you create a commercial. You know, like a local news, uh, like the local TV channels that advertising for like used car salesmen and shit. Like all of these ads are the same. They're all totally fucking forgettable. <laughs> but there's no way they're offensive in any way. Yeah. Right. But then if you have an, an ad that's like, okay, this offends me deeply because of the way that it's done, yeah, okay, you're going to remember it though. Yeah, but you're not going to not buy it because you uh, object yeah. to their marketing tactics, right. right? It wasn't unethical. Like they insulted your intelligence a bit. Like, yeah, you don't play the product. Yeah. But yeah, when you actually comes down to buying a car, you're going to consider the things that they like, fuck that ad, but th- that they actually highlighted in the ad. Let me look at this Prius. It's Is called it? the like the top of mind mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that, like, okay, so I need to buy toothpaste at a certain point. Yeah, you know, like every month, every couple of months, whatever. So, like, there's that need. I'm gonna walk into a pharmacy. I'm gonna go to the toothpaste aisle, and then I'm gonna buy the one that the yeah. comes the colors to mind. jump out into my because no, I recognize the symbol. I, on I, it I just saw a Colgate commercial. Yeah, right. I'm gonna buy Colgate, and maybe if I saw a Crest commercial, I would have gone Crest. But I largely don't give a shit. It's kind of what, this goes back to the news. They've done exactly the same, they run the same game on us, right? They're like, where you're you're there with like, should should we probably get extra whitening or supreme whitening? Because how white do you want? But I, I don't know what. To, I, think, I just wanted toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think the thing with news too that like there are there are in fact fashions and fads in news that cycles. Yeah, or where where certain things that have been happening all this time are suddenly important because they're sexy, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, okay, this is African relevant. Bees. This is oh, this right. is an issue that we've you know that that has come up. It has hit home. And so now all of a sudden for the next three weeks, it becomes really interesting to talk about all the instances where X happens. And then after three weeks, that suddenly goes away. And you're like, okay, it's not like three weeks later, uh, you know, there's no Zika virus. There's no more Zika virus. There's no more, you know, like Haitian earthquake. Yeah, exactly. Disaster. Right? Like, okay. Like it's not like this stuff mysteriously disappeared, but people are kind of, uh, exhausted of hearing about it. They can't deal with it anymore. And now they want the next disaster. Right. If, the it, next, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Right. That's exactly why that exists. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. to sell ads. You guys seen Nightcrawler? Have you seen that movie? No, no. 
Check it out. I think that's a good movie to like if we could sort oh, yeah. of round uh, okay, this up yeah. for suggestions. Nightcrawler yeah. is a movie that kind of uh, maybe doesn't quite work as a film 100%, mm-hmm. but definitely engages this idea of like um, the perversion of news, the perversion of when when a certain kind of thing, like getting attention has yeah. become the primary, the, the prime target, well, the primary attention. directive. Attention is, in fact, it's like the new resource, right? It's not money. It's not time. It's attention. How much of someone's Clicks. attention are you able to get? Mm. And that determines your success, right? Like if you get five minutes of someone's attention each day because you have a YouTube channel and you reduce, like, you're winning. And it's not a question it, it, like because you're getting their attention. There are so many things you could be paying attention to. That is like... That is a very limited resource in people's lives, like how much attention you can give to something. That's a good point. Well, that's why Oprah is huge, right? Because she had people's attention and she was able to put ads in front of them. And that's that's the currency, right? The currency is people's attention. If people are paying attention to you, then you can sell a portion of that attention for money and then you become a mogul. Well... I'm uh, suitably depressed enough mm. to sit and this and this I've, episode. <laughs> I've, got, I've got some. I've got some good news though. If you want to end. Oh, do news. man, give us some uh, British Bake Off uh, style feels you know before what, we close this. You one. You know what's happening tonight? What's happening tonight? Rogue One, baby. It's Rogue One. Oh, it's yeah. tonight. Or actually, it came out last night. But, but it's had, the but premiere, Sam, premiere. Say, Yeah, I think so. Sam's. I've heard good things so far. Yeah, we're gonna try. A Spoiler alert! They get the plans for the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! There's stormtroopers. Um, uh, so yeah I mean we'll see we'll see what happens with it I'm excited Um, I never get excited for movies yeah that's true I'm going to this for sure I'm going to maybe with my niece and my nephew yeah I uh, cursed myself a few years back when I discovered Mads Mikkelsen I'm like I would watch any movie with Mads Mikkelsen and now you have to watch taking me up on the challenge because he's in everything. Yeah. He's in fucking everything. He was in Doctor Strange. Oh, that's true. He is in this fucking movie. He's isn't in he? Rogue One. Yeah. He's he's gonna be in some other Marvel movie. Probably he's gonna show up again <laughs> or DC. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, Rogue One uh, is the cherry is, is the British Bake Off segment. Yes, that's right. Of I'm this otherwise, very much looking forward to it. Uh, Gene, it's always a pleasure, man. Yeah, it's awesome. It's that effortless, be back, man. It's effortless it's awesome when you're back. here. I missed it. <laughs> It's been a while. <laughs> but you guys had so many uh, great guests and shit in the meantime that, like, I was like, I'm happy to uh, observe. Well, you, you set the pace, man. You set the pace. Every time you're on the show, like, uh, it, it, it raises the bar, I feel. And uh, we, you know, there's certain kind of people that we look for now because of every... T- it builds, right? Yeah. So, no, man, it's good. And I'm... Uh, I'm super. I'm happy to come any any time. I'm super happy to come, but super uh, happy and proud that you guys have kept kept this up, man. It's like, uh, like which number is this? Sixty five. Sixty five. Sixty four. That's good, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's a lot of hours. That's all right. Podcasting. We're pretty. Uh, we're hey, deep, that's, we're that's, deep into season two. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that's like that's over a year, right? That's yeah. Like, you're, you've passed the fifty two. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And you know, there's there's moments where we were trying a bunch of new things. Uh, something good, pretty man. cool happened this week that uh, people are gonna get to see or listen to. Uh, yeah, we're 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 still having fun. I'm still having fun. Yeah, man. It's yeah, an adventure. Stuff, always good to be back. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole.